welcome to another episode of Ships Ahoy. I'm Christina. I'm Jill. And today we are going into another theme. As Christina said, repeating themes has become a theme. Again, not because we're running out of ideas. It's purely because these themes just capture such a huge genre, subgenre of romantic subplots that this is happening. There's a lot of examples. We don't have to defend ourselves. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, the actual actual theme that we're doing is another episode of Ships in the Night, which, Mm -hmm. as I said on the very second, like the second episode of our show, basically Mm -hmm. this can be summarized as, is this a ship? Is this a ship? We don't know. Hard to say. We never know. Evidence can be presented. I mean, this is, but this is the stuff that like, romantic subplot shippers like yeah. that we love because we exactly. these are the movies that you go into and you're like that's weird like is that romantically coded yeah. is that not romantically coded and then you spend your time after watching the movie just puzzling over that and then it just like yes. incentivizes you to rewatch it just purely for that purpose yeah. i don't know you i mean to, that's what it works for me anyways no it's very it's a very good point because these are the ones that and we, we want to make this distinction pretty clear, which is that these types of, like, usually they're smaller subplots. Mm-hmm. They don't take up the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And the big difference between, like, a Ships in the Night type of classification and, like, a buried treasure is mm-hmm. that there isn't, like, official resolution. Mm-hmm. There's no big kiss there's at no the end. Kissing. There's no love declaration. <laughs> there's nothing that would be, like, definitive, this is a ship. Yeah. So it's left for interpretation, which is fun because then you can start, again, kind of, like, finding arguments about, like, why yeah. you feel like this definitely is or isn't a ship. Which will definitely come to head in our, our first of two movies that we're going to cover today because yeah. we rewatched this movie yesterday together and I discovered that Christina has I know. a completely we had different ship than we. wildly different interpretations of the same movie and we were of very the same confused. scenes. Yeah. yeah. So it really just goes to show that there is different ways that you can read into different pairings and it depends like where your headspace is at and what you're looking for and what history you know about these characters mm-hmm. and like and again how you interpret what you look for in making something a ship anyways right yeah. like so with all that being said this episode this first ep- uh, first movie in this episode is going to be Captain Marvel came Woo! out just over four years ago the sequel's coming out this November the Marvel's very excited I know um, Jill is so stoked for it she I, literally actually, has like it's posters the most anticipated and, movie yeah, ever for me. Yeah, the poster's true. on my wall. We're yeah, excited about the Marvels. Loves it. No big deal. But <laughs> Hence bring why, yourselves back. If you guys haven't what? listened to episode four of Miss Marvel yes, or the Battleships, true. just yeah. listen to that and you'll have a good sense of how much Jill loves this loves this franchise. Loves Carol. Yes. Loves yeah, Carol. Very, loves Kamala. Loves Kamala, yeah. yeah. All of this stuff. All the girls. But with Captain Marvel, we initially were wanting to talk about this movie f- because of the Carol and Maria ship because that's probably mm-hmm. the most predominant one in fandom yeah after the movie came and it's out. like most predominantly clear from that movie like that's I would not say, what yeah that's not what we disagreed on because no, it wasn't we like just on other we subships. disagree that like there was a potential ship there yeah there, and we'll and we'll get into why but what, what what made it fun including Captain Marvel today was the fact that like when we rewatched this movie yesterday we're like <laughs> wait a sec there are several other ships there hanging are around. several other, yeah, there's several other romantically coded like scenes involving other characters. Yeah, that, Carol like, and other characters. made this and... more complicated than we thought it was going to be. Um, yes, yeah. 100%. <laughs> we had to change. We were going to include, like, multiple movies in this, like, several, like, more than t- two or three or four movies in this episode, and it ended up being, okay, no, just Captain Marvel, yeah. and then our later part of this episode we'll get into is a movie that just came out a month ago, which is The Guardians of the Galaxy Whoa. Volume 3, but which I have on not that one. seen yet, by the yes. way, so, <laughs> so spoiler alert to everyone, including myself, yes. but for the sake of the pod... 
I am Christina's ready listening. for Jill to spoil it for me. I, yes, I, I've which consented we'll get to into. it, so we're okay. Much appreciated. Mm-hmm. But with with regards to like Captain Marvel, we'll start there first. So that way, if you haven't seen Guardians and you want to wait, you can stop the episode once yeah. Captain Marvel's section finishes. Yeah. Um, or if you're like Christina and don't mind being spoiled or you consent to doing that, then or if you just want to hear you. my reactions to like learning yeah. the story in real time, then just stick yes. around. <laughs> I'm going to fully bias you. My goal is to 100% convince you of something in Guardians that you have not yet seen and then go watch the movie and see if you can watch, like, see if I was effective, basically. Yeah. So, but anyway, with, with Captain Marvel, we mentioned already, you know, Carol and Maria is one of the ships we'll be getting into, mm-hmm. um, but we'll also be getting into Carol and Jan Rog, which is a possibility, also Carol and Fury, which is a possibility, <laughs> and also Maria and Fury. So there's four that so we can kind of parse out So many ships in here. this one movie. It's almost Eternals level. It is, except none of them are actually explicitly romantic, which is why this is such a fun ships in the night, because you're like, you could make your arguments for any of them. Which or 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 it could be just Carol and herself. That could be a ship too, because you know she she was built to be an independent, you know, female superhero. She didn't need a ship at all, but like much respect for like Carol Danvers. (laughs) But I you just like I obviously yeah. support that, but like just saying as romantic subplot shippers, you know, for the sake of the pod, we, mm-hmm. we gotta get our thoughts out there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So let's start then with our with our meet cutes with like with this movie in general. So mm-hmm. I'll let you go first, Christina. Like when did yeah. you remember about seeing this movie? So I remember there was like a lot of build up to this movie and because like she was like the first like female uh, yeah. superhero. I mean like Black Widow was there. Like, she was very clearly a superhero, True. but she never, like, Didn't had a movie, movie to yet. herself, right? Yeah. So, like, there was a lot of build-up to that, and I was like, yeah, strong female lead, really love that. So my parents yeah. actually, like, we went to go watch it in theaters together. Nice. Um, and, I, you know, I liked it. Like, I, I don't have anything, like, bad to say about Captain Marvel. I'm <laughs> <laughs> like, my thoughts about other movies that we've talked yeah. about in this, episode, other ones in this podcast. Other ones that we've Eternals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Frozen, apparently. But anyway. Apparently. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but, like, I, I really like the, the film. Like, I think, for me, the romantic subplots really weren't, like, my major takeaway from it, which yeah. is, like, totally fine because, like, that... Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the writers did a good job in, like, making that not the most, you know... Yeah. ...prevalent thing that, like, draws... The, like, that the audience is drawn to. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, I just remember... And, and we'll get into this with, like, Jill later. But I just remember <laughs> seeing, like, Carol and Fury together, and I was like, ah! You know, because I didn't really know, like, Maria was, like, a thing at that point. So I was like, right. oh, so maybe Fury did actually like an Avenger before this all started. And, like, that, mm. the origins was Carol. And, like, that's why he yeah. named the... That's why, you know, like, at the end, that's why he named the Avengers after her. Like, after I always her. thought that yeah. they had some sort of, like, spark hmm. between them. And then, yeah. hence why, like, and then Carol gave him a pager that like, he could, like, pager from outer space. Yeah. Obviously, there's touch. a connection there. And, like, yeah. obviously, she wasn't on Earth long enough for them to have any done anything. And also, like, Fury's just, like, he's just built different, you know? Like, he's, he's his own just, guy. Yeah. He's his own guy, so he's not he's not exactly the one to become lovesick over someone kind yeah. of type. Yeah, um, true, actually. <laughs> yeah. But there was, like, enough kind of solo scenes with them in it that I was, like, mm. I always, so, like, Jill, I walked away from this film... <laughs> Literally yeah. thinking that, like, fearing and, and Carol might have been a thing. Like, that was just, like... And really? it, it actually tainted my view of Captain Marvel throughout the rest of the Avengers series. Just because, huh. like, I always thought that, like, F- 
theory kind of had a thing. Like, they had a thing. Interesting. That never really, like, you know, blossomed huh. or anything, but it yeah, was a thing. Yeah, never went anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, but it was a thing between them. Huh. And so I always saw it like that, just saying. And then obviously yeah. there was Carol Marianne and whatnot, so we'll get into that later. We'll, but we'll get there. That was yeah. my takeaway. That was, really? like, my romantic subplot That was yours, takeaway. hey? Yeah. Huh. Obviously, there's the Maria thing, too. Like, again, I'm not being ignorant here. Like, obviously, her and Maria Mm -hmm. were also potentially a thing. But, yeah, for Fury, I always thought that there could have been something there. Just saying. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So, with with me, my my meet-cute with Captain Marvel was honestly similar to you in that I remember being, like, excited about the fact that we were finally getting, like, a female superhero movie in Marvel. Like, Wonder Woman had already come out at this point. And, obviously, Mm -hmm. movies from, like, 15, 20 years ago and whatnot. But, big big first MCU movie. It was a couple months before Endgame was going to come out. She'd been teased at the end of Infinity War in the post credit scene with Fury. At the time, I had no idea what her logo was, and there's that's like the, the scene in Infinity War. He drops the pager and her logo flashes, and I was mm-hmm. like, who the hell's that? Like, I had no idea. Who's that? And then, Confused. Yeah. Also, Fast like, why another captain? Like, Captain America, yeah. we already got one, so why do we need another one? <laughs> exactly. So it was just <laughs> a lot of, like, what what's going on I heard that the movie was going to be like set in the 90s. I was like, okay, curious. What's what is that about, and how does that tie into Endgame? Because clearly she's playing a role in that movie and mm-hmm. all of that. So I remember, I remember being really excited about it. But my specifically with Captain Marvel, it's kind of similar to what you said about like it wasn't your main takeaway. Like any of the ships right. weren't like the the biggest thing. Right. My main takeaway with Captain Marvel was that my first viewing experience was like incredibly last minute and chaotic because I was coming from a concert. <laughs> I bought tickets like as I was about to drive and get there. That's I rolled rare. in just That's rare for you. I wasn't like, you, planning you, to you go like that plan night. for these things like in like oh. super in advance. Well, it's because I had bought tickets two months out for, like, the Friday, but then I ended up having, like, another commitment, so I, like, gave the tickets to my parents, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then I had another concert on the Thursday night, but then the concert ended early early enough that I was like, I can make, like, the 7.50 showtime, and Ooh. zoomed on over there and was in, like, a fancy dress and, like, high adrenaline what? and surrounded by, like, that. a packed theater. And so it was a phenomenal first viewing experience, which I think really colored my impression of, like, the film overall, because I was like, this movie is incredible, and mm-hmm. I still think it's really good, but it, it's certainly not, like, my absolute favorite. Right. But that viewing experience was, like, one of my favorites. Like, everything worked yeah. for me, thought all the characters are so fun, I loved all the dynamics, again, romantic or not, I loved, like, all of that. I just had such a great time with it and it was truly baked in the fact that like me watching it for the first time was like so chaotic and like heart pumping like missed all the previews just made it in time for the opening <laughs> logo like again sitting between two strangers Chaos. like packed theater yeah in it, a was, dress, it was great like yeah i was very like, heels it was fun that is, like, it's, and it's also kind of like ironic given how like captain marvel yeah, is meant true. to be like empowering and like you don't have to yeah. be all female and like <laughs> yeah you know, feminine like yeah. with your dress and stuff but there yeah. you are in your fancy orchestral outfit i've ever worn to a marvel dress movie. and your heels <laughs> like oh my gosh yeah. Jill. it was it was good but i i will say my first like if i'm being honest and think back like Aside from, you know, liking the movie and liking that experience, if I do think of, like, what were my ship takeaways, not the main takeaways, but my ship takeaways mm-hmm. were primarily, like, Carol and Yon-Rog, which is Jude, yeah. Jude Law's character, and oh, then also Fury Fury and Maria, because I, I, I had already shipped Carol and Yon-Rog right from the first scene, right. so I wasn't I mean, shipping her with Maria. Yeah. yeah. So I, I never even... Con- I was like, already, she's already got a ship. I know it's hella toxic, but, like... I'm already shipping her with this guy. I'm I mean, it's Jude Law. Come on, like, can you it's, blame it's us? It's true. As, as Christina <laughs> has been unfortunately privy to for me, 
ranting about how much I love Jude Law. Specifically Jude Law in The Holiday, which is a great rom-com. Great rom-com. And he looks fantastic in it. He's a very attractive man. I will literally (laughs) never not see him in that role so I'll see Jude Law in like anything and I'm like oh it's it, he's this fantastic guy did you see Grant wait did you see holiday. him as Albus Dumbledore then or did you see him as Jude Law from like the he holiday he was also very attractive as Dumbledore so <laughs> <laughs> wait oh gosh wait sorry to quickly go off he's isn't he Captain Hook in the newest Peter Pan I haven't seen that so okay <laughs> maybe I, don't, I mean he definitely does not look like Jude Law as Captain Hook in Peter Pan I I, we're gonna have to fact check this to make sure. Maybe oh I'm making a fool of myself, but I'm pretty sure it's Jude Law. But I could be wrong. Okay, okay. I but honestly, my main like my main exposure to him was that one rom com, and then I saw him in this and was like, I can't hate him. I know I think he's like kind of becoming the villain, but like eh. no, I'm totally shipping. It's them. like me with like Benedict Cumberbatch. Like I'm like anything yeah, that fair. I can't see him as a bad guy, even in like Star Trek where he he's yeah. literally like the bad guy. I'm like, mm-hmm. eh, it's okay. Just yeah. wanted to be with his crew. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> But that it's was just so that fine. was <laughs> Oh my gosh. But it was as however problematic it was, that was like a ship for me right from the get go again because their first scenes are at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. And then as the movie progressed and we got introduced to obviously Fury, who I knew was gonna be in this, but then her friend, Maria Rambo, I like the friend that she had left behind who she didn't remember blah 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 mm-hmm. I was like starting to sh- Maria and Fury had a bunch of scenes together in the third act like in the final battle that I was like, huh getting like I'm getting some vibes here I, and so I was like kind of wanting like in the end like Carolyn Yonrog didn't become a thing obviously but ooh. I was like really really gunning for the future reveal to be that like Fury had ended up like getting mar- marrying Maria and adopting his daughter Monica and I was I, like oh Jill, that would be so great so I was like so on board both of those and nothing happened I can't believe that like you 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 like thought that Maria and Fury could be a thing and uh-huh. they have like less screen time together and less interactions than Carol and Fury. Like, yes. I, so this, well, th- this it is blows the thing. my mind that you you didn't think about that. Like, I, what? I, well, okay, well, we'll get into it. I think we should preface this whole section though by saying like, let's we'll go into our ship impressions first, and then we can probably end on Carol and Maria, which again is okay. kind of like the biggest it's fandom like, ship. Yeah, like kind and of uncontroversial. Kind of like everyone kind of agrees that they're likely a thing. Yeah, yeah, but Marvel's too chicken to say anything. Like, but we'll get we'll yeah. get into them. But let's get our like initial wrong impressions out of the way. <laughs> they're not wrong. Like, they can't be wrong. True. true. But they're less likely. <laughs> okay, less likely. They're not the Perhaps majority less at all. Popular. Um, I, okay. I want Should to explain just... though the the reason about why I didn't ship Carol and Fury because okay. This well, was let like me get into mine first then, and wild. then we'll yeah. Well, well it never let's occurred just, to me. Let's just okay. So yes. why don't we do Carol? And Jude Law's first. Sure. Okay, What's get his out name of the again? Yonrog. Yonrog? Yeah. Okay, I'm just going to call him Jude Law. I'm just going to call him Jude Law because that's just the way I see him. And okay. We'll do, let's do that one first. And then we'll do sure. Carol and Fury, which is the one that Jill and I clearly didn't see eye to eye on. Yeah. Very strange. Uh-huh. I was incredibly perplexed when she was like, what? I didn't think about that. And I was like, I'm disappointed <laughs> in you, Jill. Um, my fellow shipper. Um, yeah. I'm so and sorry. then Maria and Fury, which I didn't think about by the way that that I mean, did not never cross my mind but i yeah. mean i feel like for me it makes more sense <laughs> see this is why this is so interesting because there's so many like because of where our own biases were at we it's didn't true. even like see the other ships I, which I has not really theory. happened before i have a running yeah? theory Let's as to it. why i will we'll get there but like i okay. have a theory as to why i thought more about carol and fury together than maria hmm. and fury and we'll 
Sure. We'll have that discussion when we get there. Okay, okay. so let's just do Carol and Jude Law. So, sure. I mean, honestly, Marvel, if you're going to have an opening scene <laughs> yeah. where an attractive male around the female's age shows up, yeah, more or less, dressed, yeah. by the way. True, when she was true. When she like was having a bad dream or whatever the premise yeah. was. Mm-hmm. You cannot not expect us to be like, oh, are they a thing? Like, it is not, yeah, it's not right beyond the, the realm of possibility yes. that, like, someone who comes kind of run into your door when you need Middle them the or night, you go like, to her, their door, like, yeah. is someone that you're kind of romantically attached to. I know, it's it's yeah. kind of like Katniss and PETA where, like, Katniss has, like, nightmares and then PETA comes running in yeah, and she's like, stay with true. me. Oh, so romantic. Yeah. Hunger Games is another episode we'll for another there. time. Um, yeah. But, like, it's, you know, like, that's, like, sleep, when people sleep, it's kind of like, and you, and, no, and it's someone an comes period. to your aid, or, like, yeah. you go to them for advice, mm-hmm. or, 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 like, comfort after, like, it's, yeah. a, it's a very intimate kind of thing to do, and it requires yeah. a certain level of trust to be yeah. able to have that type of relationship. Yeah. So, so I, 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 mean, I like clearly, that you're pointing this out, because, it, yes. And also, he was half-dressed, okay? Like, and she was just like, oh, <laughs> well, well, exactly, and they have like a very like comfortable, playful dynamic. Like right yeah. off the bat, they're kind of constantly teasing each other. So you get at the very least that there's familiarity there for sure. Like right off the bat, if not something more, like, and and it's a so long term familiarity too. Not yes. just like I yeah. just met you and I feel familiar. No, like they it's kind clearly of, like, know each other. Yeah, they have history and yeah. they have like inside jokes and whatnot. You know, like exactly. it's a thing. Yes, it's like on thing. the train, they're yeah. talking about so the supreme intelligence. Train thing, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. she's like, is it me that you see? Like, yeah. this she's is a cute, yeah. flirty banter that yeah. obviously indicates that they've been friends yeah. or that they've the known each least, other yeah. for quite a while now. Um, uh-huh. And they're comfortable with each other to have this kind of, like, flirtatious banter. Yeah. And how, obviously, like, how is that scene on the train not flirtatious? Like, I can't figure oh, out you know what i mean like it's, it's yes, clearly yeah. it clearly is yeah and, and I, the thing with them and why like i get that it's i get that it's like clearly he becomes a villain he's manipulating her he's been lying the whole time that's never going to go anywhere that's toxic yes but I, I think our arguments really stand that like right from the get-go you have like scenes that are stacked on top of each other mm-hmm. of like showing a level of closeness between these two characters and being like yeah, okay, what's the history yeah. there? Like, you yeah. want to know. You look and you're and like, huh, And her fight scene, there? too. Like, they were playfully, co- like, in combat with each other. Because, um, mm-hmm. like, you know, she couldn't sleep or whatever the, the story was. Yes, yes, um, you're right. Yeah, that happens pretty so quickly. And they're so close yeah. to each other. And they're literally, like, having, you know, physical contact. Yeah, like, yeah. <sighs> and they're pretty evenly matched in, in combat and things. Like, it's, it's not like it, it, she's it still, like, learning. Reminds, and she's pretty confident. That is, like... You know, having that kind of conversation during combat yeah. reminds me a lot of, uh, like, in Pacific Rim. You, mm-hmm. I don't think you've seen Pacific Rim. I think but I've like, seen clips, though, actually. Yeah, yeah, like, the male protagonist ends up, like, he has to, in order to, like, be able to connect with another person for the machine, mm-hmm. like, they have to figure out if they are compatible together. And one way that you can figure that out is, like, if you fight, like, they have, like, a combat oh, scene. And he ends up, like, he, he fights all the recruits and all the, you know, eligible men who, who could have been his... Right partner but like right. no, it doesn't work like there's just like no there's no chemistry I guess you can call it between sure, them yeah. but then like he fights like um uh the the Asian Japanese girl I don't remember what, what yeah. her name is and they're just they just like click like the way that they yes. fight is just perfect and then they mm-hmm. end up being like 
paired together and like it's romantically coded and all nice. that stuff but even like the fight scene itself had a lot of kind of sexual tension built into it and right. that's kind of like what i'm trying to point out here is that you know whenever you have yes. a combat scene like that between them between what looks like two individuals who like are having flirtatious banter and whatnot yeah. who it's could like be kind in a of sexually yeah. charged right yes. so it was just uh, yes. it was just Fully so agree. weird for them to have that entire kind of opening without <laughs> ever kind of following up on the fact that, you know, maybe they could have been a thing. Maybe, maybe there they was, were yeah. a thing. I yeah, don't know. If any, like... I don't know. I, I was, as you were talking, I was just remembering, like, throughout the movie, there was those other instances, too, where, like, Carol, you know, gets to Earth, gets kidnapped by the Skrulls, gets separated, mm-hmm. all plotty stuff. But plot, plot, plot. He, che- he checks in and is like, yeah. they go through the code and she recites the code or whatever to, like, confirm her identity. And then it's like, and I'm fine. Thanks for asking. Like, she, she has that kind of, like, quick retort in a way that, again, is kind of, like, their inside joke type of yeah. dynamic. Like, their dynamic, I think, is very clear right from the get-go. And it mm-hmm. just, again, it for, it suggests that there maybe was more or there could be more there. And, and yeah. so I really, like, to me in my head, like, I'm every time I rewatch this movie, I'm like, especially in the first half of the movie, before, like, Maria comes into the picture, for instance, I'm like, yeah, I can see why I shipped them. I was like, I still, I stand and, by I this. I still kind of like, do. Like, and yeah. every time I see them, like, I see the opening... Yeah. I just can't help but think, oh, were they a thing at some point? Honestly, yeah. from the yeah. looks of it, they kind of were a thing. I, th- I thought Maybe, they yeah. were a thing. Um, mm-hmm. Or, like, they had a thing at some point, you know? Right. Um, but in any case, I, I don't know. And also, like, my one criticism with this Jude Law character, apart from the fact, yeah. oh, now he's a bad guy, whatever. This is something Joe <laughs> yeah. that I told you last night when we, when we were watching this, is, like, yes. I kind of thought that it was just convenient for the writers to kind of, like, make him have feelings for Carol, because I, I think mm-hmm. he does have feelings for Carol, and I, that's kind of I why he kind of stalls bit. out to be like, no, no, let's not, like, do this just yet, or, like, let's just, like, what was, you know, let's just get rid of the scrolls right away. No, yeah, like, I think totally let's, let's, let's retrieve her. Inadvertently. Like, he obviously yeah. is trying to, like, not kill her. Um, yeah, yeah, you're right. Clearly because he, like, cares about her. So it, I don't think it's... In a weird way, I yeah. don't think it's just a figment of our imagination to be like, oh, maybe they had feelings towards each other. I think yeah. clearly he likes her. Like, he has an yeah. affinity to, towards her. More than just, yeah. like, you are a comrade and I don't want to kill you kind of thing. Um, and, yeah, and, and she's, like, his favorite, way, clearly. Yeah, and in a way, it's, like, convenient. Like, oh, you know, then because he refuses to push the red button and execute everyone, right. that the rest yeah. of the story drags on because, like, you know, yeah. they could have solved no, it very it's, quickly. it's true. Um, yeah. But, and so I, I kind of feel bad for Jude Law in that, like, okay, well, obviously she didn't share those feelings back and then he ends up being entirely humiliated. But again, he was also super I mean, red flag and super toxic <laughs> and, like, like yeah, not great. Walking red so, flag. A yeah. walking red flag. Even at the end when he, like, challenges her to fight him, oh, like, hand to hand to see what you're made of and it's like, no, nah, yeah. bruh. Like, no, no, just no. Yeah. No, he he. The dynamic with him could have had, it had the potential to have been like really interesting, if this was like a story that had honestly like less characters and I you kind of got into him I more agree. because mm-hmm. you think about it like he has been manipulating her the whole time and has like a weird power trip going on mm-hmm. literally like he's not letting her use her powers he gave her blood transfusion to help save her life but it, that's like oh, a yeah, huge violation like. He's always going to hold that over her and, like, weird shit like that. and But also does like her and, like, hangs out with her. Like, it, it's just... It's odd. And it's and it's it would be, like, more nuanced if they had a bit more time for him. Yeah. Which they don't, really. And that's okay. Like, that's kind of like just, like, a loss of the story. There's lots of else going on, including our other ship candidates. But, it, I again, I truly maintain that if this had been a different second half of the movie, I would have just been like, yeah, that that's the ship I took away from this. Like, there yeah. wasn't no, any other competing potential right. ships. It was just, this was but, my main takeaway. But here, here now, 
we get she crashes onto Earth, and now yes. we see Fury. <laughs> we see Fury, and like so, yeah. I just I think even from the get go with her and Fury. Mm-hmm. You know, Jill, we always call these the Jill scenes, right? Because it's the scenes where yes. the characters get to know each other. They sit down. No, you're right. I can't Ugh. see, Jill, how you miss that when she's testing Fury to be like, tell me something that a scroll would not know about me. Right, right. Uh, or like about you. So detailed yeah. that they couldn't be able to make it up. Right, and like right, they right. actually have a conversation at the little su- like roadside the little, little bar, bar thing. or whatever, yeah. pub. Yeah. Um, and like Fury's telling her stuff about his personal life. And I'm like, Wow. You know, and then she she obviously was like, tell me something else. And then, like, it was about, like, you know, the, the sandwiches cut into a triangle. And he was right, like, you didn't yeah. actually need to know that, did you? And she yeah, kind of smiles. Line. And it's like, you know, I don't know if Carol's just kind of, like, naturally a little bit, like, she likes to tease people and, like, kind of yeah, flirtatious in that way throughout. Like, if that's just the way yeah. she treats people. But, like, I was it's like, cool. mm, yeah. you know, she didn't need to ask that question, but she did. It's just, like, it's kind of, there's some banter between them. that I'm like, yeah. there's potential. There's potential here. There's lots of banter, know? for sure. Mm-hmm. I, they are, like, oh, throughout this movie, they have the most banter by far. I think 100%. they have the most scenes together. It's, and doesn't, like, Fury try to, like, show off his, like, little fingerprinting thing yeah. at one point? To be like, let me get out my little fingerprinting. Yeah, to try to lock, get through some of the doors <laughs> yeah. at Pegasus. Like, yeah. I, I was just like, this is this could be a thing, you know? If we didn't yeah. know what we knew about Fury already, like, right. if the Avengers, all that stuff hadn't happened before Captain Marvel. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. like I would have seen this as like a potential, a potential show. Right. But like obviously yeah. we know that like Fury doesn't end up with anyone really. Yeah. Um, except well, for like Maria. Hill, what's her name? No. Uh, Maria Hill. Maria Hill. Is that her name? I don't Maria know. Maria Hill. The, yeah. His like yeah, coworker. Yeah. yeah. His like coworker, who's not her, his yeah. partner in any sense, but like he does. No. He has her as like his right hand man, a right hand yeah. woman, I guess. Um, yeah. But like if we hadn't known that about him, if we hadn't seen the future Fury, right. I feel like. I would have been like just this mm. movie alone. You yeah. would have maybe. And then yeah. even like Carol asked him about like what's your what does your mother call you? What do you call your mother? You know what would your friend right. what, what would your kids call you? And like yeah, there's just you know Jill, you spoke about in our um, Wandavision episode, mm-hmm. not really not the actual Wandavision episode, but the <laughs> one about the spaceship about about yeah about Jimmy and Darcy. I know exactly yes, what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know they have that conversation when they're watching the little TV screen about yeah. like. A little Jimmy and like what? Yeah. That? So I mean, that triggered you to think it was a ship, and yet for this mm-hmm. one, with Carol asking Fury, "What would your kids call you?" That doesn't trigger anything for you. See, this is this is the thing. Like, I I I think there's two big reasons why this was not a ship in my mind, and it's so interesting. I'm like trying to analyze this for myself because you you're creating like a very compelling case. It is like a, it's, it is very compelling in and of itself. <laughs> I know, but I I think it's twofold. One. Again, I just automatically shipped her with Jude Law, so I was like, I was in my head, I was like already kind of a ship. Like I wasn't planning to jump ship. Right. And on the other hand, knowing the Marvel lore and knowing that this movie takes place in the '90s and that we know primarily Nick Fury as this like totally different guy right. in the present day timeline, and again, it's also much older. I in my head, I think I was just like, it was never even a consideration of like that's a ship there's a future I was like there's no no future there like that's a total like it just was like not even an option I was just excited to see them be like full-on besties like that is I, yeah. that is like I, the vibe you know, that didn't fully occurred that, to me in this case I, like yeah and you saw as like super that platonic for me. and I certainly did not see yeah, them as like super platonic hard, hardcore platonic uh, which yeah. never happened which for is me. so it's really like, weird but then I, this is my running theory as to why I like 
yeah, I want to potential this. romantic relationship is because yeah. you know they're going on an adventure together and yeah. they're like mm-hmm. running off together and they're having time to chat and they're in action together and obviously yeah. for me that's kind of like how I grew that's up reading dystopian YA fictions and stuff yeah. where this is kind of how it's like fodder for like a future relationship to yep. burn right no, that's, so that's totally uh, not fair. a future relationship to burn but to develop um, to, yeah to ignite. and so yeah. yeah exactly and so mm-hmm. this setup was very familiar to me and interesting kind of my quote-unquote upbringing coming of age yeah but the stuff that you look for um and so you know i I was just like oh like this is normal and i feel like this could lead to something else um also Mm -hmm. can we talk about how fury was so adorable and like singing in like yeah at the end when they were washing dishes at the end like (laughs) oh my gosh that was like a very like a soul like you know it was just the two of them so it was kind of like a solo scene with the two of them where they're just chatting and like living out everyday life and then she gives him a pager to be like that this can like reach across the universe if you need me come on man (laughs) (laughs) i I, this is just such an interesting case study because i'm like I, i swear we're talking about like we're not even like we're talking about like the exact same scenes but i just like cannot despite again solid evidence i'm like i can't get my i can't explain why my brain was like nah or or not even like is this a ship no no it literally never occurred to me bewildering to me absolutely (laughs) bewildering i don't know i don't know and maybe you just like felt like you know fury too well i know i think that might be part of it potential yeah like i I was never expecting to go into this movie being like yeah this is this is how he like met a partner like no is this is how he like started the avengers and this is for you like the fate of fury was already sealed yeah and you didn't want this to change it now jill you understand my feelings about fan fiction (laughs) oh my god (laughs) my point ah yes i proved my point <laughs> I mean, okay, because it's a prequel, yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you that. It's an interesting comparison. <laughs> well, like that's that's exactly it. Like for you, like you hmm. kind of feel like you already have an ending for, or like a certain trajectory. Yeah, I know for where he's going. Yeah, and you don't really think it's necessary to have to fill in the gaps like this because it might change your perception of the trajectory. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. how I feel about fan fiction. Again, much respect to fan fiction writers, and I know we're going to talk a little bit yeah. about it today in this episode. Yeah, we'll, but like we'll get I into could that. never yeah. bring myself into that realm because I feel like. Hmm. My vision of what happens to the characters is kind of set in stone after the movie ends. Yeah. Um, and I can't open myself up to other possibilities because I would just like, would just be too confusing for me. There's too much. But, uh, to, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Too overwhelming. So, wow. Okay. Episode okay. eleven. I feel like wow, you, Jill. You're comp- you feel so excited about this, don't you? <laughs> I no. I'm like I finally I finally somehow found a way to. Express to you why I don't do fan fiction because like things okay. are just some things are just not canon for me. Okay, okay. Well, with with that, we should shift into the next ship okay. then. Sorry, I'm mostly because I'm like right now. cognizant of time. I but, know. <laughs> but with um, I think again another contributing factor is that I was the reason why I didn't ever at all ship them. All these things we've discussed, I think, are valid. But on top of that, they introduced Maria into the picture. And again, Carol was already shipped with Yandrog in my mind, however toxic that was. And then I, I started seeing more scenes. You're, you're making a good point that Maria and, you know, Fury don't have a ton of scenes together. But the ones that they did share, That's especially... So funny. It's so <laughs> funny that you see... I totally did not see this. I was just I, like... 
I still think the theory had a thing for Carol. I honestly felt that like most of the men and then Maria, in addition, had a thing for Carol. And I was like, that's totally fine. Like, they just all like her. That's fine. Whatever. (laughs) But, oh, God. No, I see the thing for me about about these ones is that I took that line. Like, I do remember the line about Fury saying, like, you know, my kids will call me Fury. Mm -hmm. For some reason, my brain was like, he says kids. There's a kid in this movie. And then I was like, Link. And I was like, he's totally going to join that family. Like, in my head, I was like, so. (laughs) It just made, it felt like a tease of the fact that, like, Monica was going to call him Fury at the end of the movie or something. Like, I thought it was going to be some, like, payoff like that. And yet that doesn't, like, mess with your head. and Because you know what happens to Fury. You know he doesn't have kids. Like, we've well, seen we him in the Avengers. I mean, he's a mysterious dude. Like, I wouldn't have been... I, I just, like... He could have... Well, he could have had a thing with, like, an Avenger then, for all you know. I, like, part is of that I, less plausible than, like, him having, like, a human family? I guess Carol is I, a human. I, but, like... I mean, yeah. I don't know. I just... It was, was just so something about, like... They ha- there was just some, <laughs> some, just a kid, kid links together. <laughs> I talk really about a kid. Was... There's a physical kid. Oh, well, <laughs> but there was also like truly when when I was watching this movie. Yes, I'm trying to rein you back. It's not successful. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, this is wild. But no, I just there were some moments, particularly in the final, like it's really in the final third of the movie where. Carol's kind of off fighting all the Kree soldiers, dealing with that stuff, and then that mm-hmm. leaves Fury and Maria together, mm-hmm. and they're, like, I think they're even in that ship where they're evading Gemma Chan's Minerva character. They're literally like, in think, a ship. Oh, Yeah, there you go. They're in a, which we need to do our, what types of ships are these? We'll get yes. into that. But they, I, I was like, oh, oh. They're, they're paired up a lot in the last part of the movie, which was really fun to me, and I, I just liked their dynamic a lot. See, that dynamic felt a little more, like, for some reason, a little bit more playful flirty than like playful friendly with Carol like compared to his dynamic with Carol I honestly I, don't I have know. no I don't see it like, and he was I impressed totally by her it, too so like that fit and he was like Fury embarrassed impressed by Carol in general like she is yeah. a super powered human being I don't I don't I don't know and I just and he and names I, the Avengers after her <laughs> because he admires her so much that's yeah. I, I just I view that as like deep admiration of your friend like I, I oh my gosh I don't know I, but, I don't know I don't know what to tell but, you but with but the other parts like there's the ending dinner scene where they're with the scrolls like with Talos and his family and then Fury is with talking to Maria and Monica's present as well as Carol obviously everyone's on the, around the table and they're talking about like if she, you know that was some pretty like he's like some nifty flying and he's like like some join like he's like there might be a place for you and shield like he's trying to like almost like recruit and was clearly impressed and i just i the dynamic really worked for me however small it was and i just like thought we would get more of a tease of oh like oh my gosh hmm. and yet carol and fury washing nope, the dishes they were together the afterwards friends. the best of friends the I, best I of friends washed in dishes singing in, the, singing in the kitchen that's exactly what we're talking I, about here i think they have zero sexual chemistry which is why like carol and fury I, which is why i, I never shipped them any sexual chemistry between maria and fury no, no to I be fair, like anything the crazy. only sexual chemistry that I yes. can really feel yes. in this one I is between you're Jude Law and yes. Carol, because Jude Law shows up half, <laughs> half dressed in a robe, like, I mean, and then there's the combat scene. I know. I mean, you said this last night, but I think it's worth repeating that I think Jude Law just has chemistry with everyone. So, I mean, like, I, yeah, I, I genuinely true. do. The secrets of Dumbledore prove that as well. So, but, but basically, I, there wasn't a ton of evidence. But I know how I like. I know how I felt. Like I remember really thinking they would pay off the kid line in the movie. That was like my That's one so thing. Funny. I was like, huh. That's so right. I, I don't know. Again, 
again, there's a kid. He talks about kids. <laughs> what? <laughs> you don't know. Completely, for, completely forgets the context in which the kid, an idea of having a kid is even raised by oh. Carol. Oh, gosh. <sighs> but I don't okay. know. So that, that was that one. Okay. And so, like, I guess before we even get into, like, again, the main fandom ship, Let's just try to go through what types of ships are these for these other ones sure. so we can, like, clear the slate. Sure. But I was so going to say, speak. my running theory yes. as to why you mm. like Fury and Maria together more is sure. because, like, it's more like Jill scene-esque, you know? Like, it's kind of like right. the subtle interactions they have. Yep. They don't yep. fight together. They don't do anything, like, super... Like, there's not a lot of action scenes with They're them. In the pla- you know? They're in the plane. They're, like, like, in the plane and stuff, but, like... You know, there's no big demonstration of love, which is no. like fine. Like that's not what you're looking for. No, you're looking for fair. like the more subtle, like just like vibes on them. Yeah, vibes. Okay, so that makes sense. Yeah. Anyways, so that's mm-hmm. my theory. Um, Interesting. Okay, like what it. type of ships are them? Are them? No, yeah. that's the wrong grammar. Are they? <laughs> what type of ship are each of these? I'm tired. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even that late. It was later yesterday when we were watching it's this true. movie, and I already had like some cokes. Not co. Oh, some Coca Cola. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're gonna we're gonna keep moving. Okay, it's what type funny. of ships are they? Okay, um, all right, Jude Law oh. and Carol. Yeah. I've so I feel like, and I want to draw to try to draw a parallel to what we saw in the movie, just because that feels easier to me. <laughs> but you know how in the end of like the end of the movie, he's in that ship that has completely crash landed. Yeah, and Carol sends him. She like uses her powers, her photon blast, to like kickstart the engine and send mm-hmm. him back to Hella mm-hmm. and basically like get fucked like go and explain your problems to mm-hmm. like basically like tell him what happened like basically like you're in trouble you suck right. I've like don't need you it's a big moment for her very important mm-hmm. moment for her mm-hmm. but I kind of want to find a way in my head to like make that little crappy little ship of his be like a comparison for their <laughs> relationship because I think it was one that was like very like slick operational worked really well but then kind of like completely falls apart and implodes yeah. Which to me that makes that that feels like an example, but this is really stretching the definition of that ship works. because it's like it's a like spaceship. A really, like, but it's a really crappy built ship, you know? Yeah, like, like it looks looks cool initially, but like does not is not durable in the yeah. least and like yeah. it's just literally gonna blow and up. And Carol like, beats it up. Carol like destroys yeah. that entire ship. Carol demolishes know? it. Yeah. 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 There we go. Because she knows it's bad. It was a one sided Jude Jude Law was driving that ship. He thought things yeah. were fine. She was piloting nope, it. Yeah. Completely gets demolished because like Carol obviously didn't feel that way and uh yeah. doesn't and care rightfully, for it. Because he sucks. He was a prick. So like yeah, makes he really sense. did suck. But yeah. Okay, so there's that. All right. That's what I feel like for that one, honestly. I I, I think that works really well. I think that works really well. I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Okay. For my Carol and Fury one, I was thinking Mm -hmm. it could be like, it could be Monica's flying airplane. What is it? A plane? It was a plane, right? Before it was all jimmied up to go to space. You know, there was potential for it. Oh, like the one that was. Oh. Yeah, there was potential for it. Yeah, Carol and Fury ship to like take flight. I actually think that there's quite a lot that they could have done there. I see but what you're saying. Is she needed some chain the, tweaks to yeah, it. Yeah, without any modifications, it would never fly. It just is. Hmm, it's, it's part. I like this. It's like, yeah. I, like I know this. we're talking about a plane here, but like it's kind yeah. of. We're going out into outer space. We're talking about spaceships yeah. now. It yeah, could be spaceships. a spaceship, but it ain't okay, because there are actually, no modifications. Okay, just thought of something. We're talking about a plane, a friendship with some modifications oh, oh could become worthy in space so like Stop. become a spaceship i like this i like this works no i think it okay. works okay like, fine. i actually I agree with works. you yeah i guess this factors in both of our feelings about it i like okay. this yeah okay it's part okay. it could be but it ain't yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay 
Okay, and then the last one is is with you know with Maria and <laughs> you're Fury. carrying and like, this one. I have absolutely no idea because I didn't even see it. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just trying to think of something really. I'm feeling like something really homey, like something that because I just homey. got like big. I got really big like family vibes. Oh, yeah, from them. kid. Because so, like, you wanted Fury to get the kid. I, I just wanted him to be in their family. I don't know why. Oh. I was, like, so into that. I just, like, I really, like, I felt like he, and I mean, it's actually kind of funny because Monica and Fury have a very close relationship, as we'll see in the Marvels. Mm. Like, that's already been shown at the end of WandaVision, or teased, mm. and that's been shown in the trailer of the Marvels. So, mm-hmm. like, in a way, she's kind of a surrogate kid anyways. So, like, maybe oh my, my theory is true. But well, what I'm seeing I, then is kind of like, like a boat, like a ship that you can just, yeah. you know, you can like attach another ship onto like with Fury like and it's kind of like they can go together in tandem oh, like a tandem like ship can, which don't yeah. exist I don't know no oh, but I know what you mean oh Wait. I know I know I know what? okay what? so You're when excited. I was a kid I used to be on a I, I used to go to this lake and we would get yeah. in these little boats that you can like pedal together they're like tandem yeah. boats yeah. that's exactly it because one person can pedal that boat and like they yeah, can, they can. It, and right. it's a boat and it'll do, it'll yes. flow it'll do its thing but if you have mm-hmm. two people it's stronger yeah, interesting. I like that. Does that work? Because yeah, Maria's I think this clearly works. competent on her own. She can take care of this kid. Doesn't need anyone. <laughs> but I could see, I could see some help with with him being in her life. Like I just, I think there was a great vibe there. Okay, I like this. This Synergy. is fun. Now oh, I want to go on like one of those tandem boats. pedal boats. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. we should go like on one together at some point in the future. <laughs> Wicked plan in honor of the pod. In honor of the pod. Okay. All right. Now we move on to the main feature of Miss Marvel. Not Miss Marvel. Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. (laughs) Yes. There are too many Marvels going around here. I know. It's going to get confusing pretty soon. But yeah, Yeah. Carol. So the thing with Carol and Maria is, it's an interesting one. And it's honestly, I really wanted to include it in this episode because it's very similar. If you've listened to our previous Ships in the Night. It, it's similar in a lot of ways to um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier with Sam mm-hmm. and Bucky, where there's, like, emphasis on, like, a, a, a pretty deep relationship. People mm-hmm. that know mm-hmm. each other while clearly really care about each other, but... And, and logically could be assumed as being romantic based right. on a lot of different parameters that are normally mm-hmm. applied to straight couples. But because this is these are homosexual couples and, like, same-sex pairings... Disney like refuses to acknowledge right. that that could ever be something and that's yeah. problematic for sure and upsetting to like anyone in any of those communities that is looking for representation and it's pretty egregiously done in Falcon the Winter Soldier I think like arguably even worse as we've talked about yeah. like in terms of the it's teasing true. like the queer well, baiting that goes on it's like that, that running on. joke on social media where it's like there would be something about um to like a, a les, you know, lesbians or whatever, yeah. a gay couple, yeah. and then the comments mm-hmm. are like, and they were roommates, or like, yes. and they were friends, and it's like, yeah. really, like that's. Hmm, I mean, obviously, that's what sure? that's what the whole. That's why it's like the comments are like, yeah. you know, being sarcastic about it. Exactly. But like this Heavy movie sarcasm. literally is like an example of yeah. where we're in mainstream media, and we've got yes. these two people who wouldn't who would deviate from what we see as kind of like heterosexual relationships. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then the writers are being like, and they were friends. And it's yeah, like, they were just oh, well, besties. You didn't, yeah. Yeah. It's like, you didn't have, that doesn't have to be the way that it goes, right? Like you can yeah. actually make them a romantic couple. Makes and sense. honestly, it would yeah. kind of make the movie better off because then you would just clarify that. And then strippers yes. like us wouldn't be like question, scratching our heads throughout the film yeah. to be like, oh, like, is this a thing? Is this not a thing? And then we're not focusing on the main plot line, you know, like if they could have just made it yeah. clear. We would have all been okay with it and yeah. just like moved ahead, you know? Yeah. Like I it, it's 
the mo- honestly, like, we can do our best to try to summarize this, but the person who, like, I feel like speaks the best on this topic is this, there's this video on YouTube that I, I only, honestly only came across, like, probably sometime in the last, like, six mm-hmm. months to a year mm-hmm. on the fandom page for Captain Marvel, the movie, but it's this fantastic, like, uninterrupted 12-minute rant from this girl who is basically describing, like, she's, like, definitive proof that, like, Captain Marvel, like, that movie is gay and gets into, like, some pretty solid evidence. And I showed you this video last night. Oh, yeah. That she video, was like, so funny. She was so energetic. Me. She, like, had, yeah. like, a conspiracy theory, which wasn't even a conspiracy theory. No, because she just Honestly, evidence, if you watch careful, Captain Marvel carefully, it yes. is incredibly clear. Like, it's incredibly yeah, clear. The, honestly, the to some... Yeah, to summarize, like, one of her strongest points, which I, I really do agree with, is the fact that she drew the comparison between, like, when Talos gets reunited with, like, his <laughs> presumed wife and child, yeah. you know, no one bats an eye, they don't ever kiss or do anything or say, like, hello, wife, or hello, child, like, yeah. she... But it's very clear from watching the movie, like, yes, this is his family. And then she's like, look what happens with Carol, you know? Exact same sort of situation. Gets reunited with, presu- like, for all intents and purposes, wife and child, like, partner mm-hmm. and child, like, girlfriend and child, like, makes sense because look at the fact like they clearly raised this kid together they yeah, go well, for photos I mean photos. they were in like they were you know training together right yes, they were they long standing partnership together like, yeah these aren't strangers at all like and clearly like her most important person the first person she goes to see when she does regain her memories who like the last person she spoke to before she yeah. crash landed lost her memories like mm-hmm. clearly like an incredibly important fixture in her life and it is not a mental leap at all to be like, yeah, that was, you know, her romantic interest, like, makes sense. But mm-hmm. because it's Disney, unfortunately, they just, like, will not ever at all say that, even though mm-hmm. there's some pretty strong subtext there. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just, like, this movie is, it, it's, this episode is funny for timing, because, Christine, I was telling you yesterday, like, when this movie, like, the sequel to Captain Marvel comes out this fall, the Marvel's already been excited about it. I'm pretty sure by the, when that movie comes out, it's going to, like, definitively slam shut this theory, which is frustrating. Which is because, just, yeah. Yeah. Because like, it clearly was the subtext here. Yeah. You and know? I, they, and it's... They, because, they, like, they, I mean, like, there's that scene where, like, you know, Maria's telling um, Carol, like, you are the strongest, bravest person that I know. Yeah. yeah. Like, this is... If, the, if Maria had been a man... And you see these scenes and you exactly. see them being like, I couldn't move on after you had disappeared. Yeah. You know, my child still remembers you. We didn't. Yeah. I, I'm secretly, I'm glad that you're back. But yeah. like, I resent you for not coming back sooner kind of yeah. thing. This is really and, like, hard I'm going to be here to like, hold yeah. you up when you like, and I'll be there with you when yeah. you're fighting aliens or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. Easy ship for everyone and oh, easy to accept. In- intense bond theirs is like mm. by far the most intense and like the deepest bond throughout the movie even yeah. though they don't get as much screen time as like carol and fury who are mm. brand new meeting each other like this is so clear that like maria and then by extension her daughter monica mm. are so fucking important to carol like come almost on almost be impossible to not make it romantically coded if like you yeah. know if maria yeah. had been a man to be like oh my gosh like carol she keeps thinking about this one person from her past and life yeah, and they're the only one that shows kid. up in yeah. their in their memory right so yes yeah it, you're right it would be insulting yeah. to not make them a romantic ship because you're like yeah, well it would just be what, weird why writing. the question is why this intense bond then right like yeah what was the name and and so it's and you're right like for disney like they didn't want to come out and say it to be like oh it's possible mm-hmm. to have this intense bond with yeah. another woman it's like a sister like, <laughs> yeah oh it's yeah. gotta be familial it can't be romantic and you're like the reason that I, I say that i'm worried that the sequel it's like the one thing that i'm actually worried about in the sequel is that they're going to be like 
base surrogate sisters is what I think they're gonna the That's angle so they're going weird. for. That's it's so just weird. it just is like feels disappointing. I mean, you're and, like, oh, and it was kind of built on. into it because like they called her Auntie Carol instead of just like. But there's Carol. good arguments in the video that we will link to. They there's solid arguments in terms of like that they're in the military, they're in the That's air true. force. That's and true. This is the '90s with the whole "don't ask, don't tell" policy. Like mm-hmm. th- that would make sense that they would they wouldn't want they wouldn't be allowed to be out as a gay couple, so they Fair. would tell their kid to call one of them aunt like they would she's like that actually like makes historical sense and the crazy part too is that they say this again this is a lot of paraphrasing from this video but this is one of the most compelling arguments to me from a storytelling standpoint is that it's like the intensity of the fact that like you know poor maria had to deal with the fact carol's gone she couldn't talk Mm. about it it was a classified mission they didn't want to like acknowledge that this even this crash even happened Mm. And, you know, people mourn their best friends. That's very sad. Christina, if you died in a crash or disappeared in a crash, oh, I'd dear. be very Why sad. Why would you say that? I gotta go knock on wood now. <laughs> but, like, but it's it's socially acceptable to, like, mourn a friend, absolutely, and you can be devastated, but, like, it's a whole different level when it's a partner. And, yeah. I mean, that's getting into society, maybe, like, prioritizing romantic relationships over f- friendships, but that's not for this podcast. Yeah. But <laughs> that's a if she discussion. couldn't, like, if she's like, she could, like, if you imagine, like, poor Maria left behind being like my wife, essentially, mm-hmm. it died, but like, no one's allowed to know that. Mm-hmm. And I can't, like, grieve for as long as I need to because people just think she's my friend. Like, that would add so much, like, intensity to yeah. this movie, which was so rich. And it's like, you missed that like yeah. the people making this movie like you missed like a wonderful opportunity for something True. like really deep they would and have added no. a lot of emotional depth to it oh, I would yeah. also like, like to draw oh. a quick parallel here just yes. back to my theory about like if this was a man we'd like we would find yeah. them they'd have to be romantically coded and yeah. I'd like to point to Jude Law here and I would like to yes. say that if you remember you know Carol was like what happened that day that mm-hmm. of, of the crash when she lost her memories basically right and Maria was like you came to my door at the break of yeah. dawn knocking on it and like mm. ready to fly as always yeah you know flashback how does Captain Marvel begin she yeah. and Jude Law are talking yeah. and fighting at the break of dawn yeah and same like, setup yeah you know and so mm-hmm. they're Jude Law is the first person she goes to when she wakes up Maria was the first person that she went to when she wakes up and you know we were talking earlier about how like oh you know that time of sleep and like just getting up is kind of a very intimate time and Mm -hmm. the fact that Jude Law is like half naked kind of doesn't help the situation but like obviously (laughs) immediately in our brains we're like oh maybe there's some history between them right for them to have been so comfortable and for them to have been the first thought after you wake up and so Maria saying that like this was a regular thing where we would hang out literally once we get up once we get up um you know why can't that also be romantically coded yeah and I think I I forgot to comment on this when you were mentioning like the flashbacks too Mm. I think that's further evidence like all those flashes that Carol has like 90% of them include Maria or Maria yeah like so much and again if that was a guy heteronormative culture would be like oh yeah whoa there was totally history who's that guy in her memories like yeah i'm a shipper why is there a guy in his yeah who is this man i want to know like i would Mm -hmm. i would immediately think that so like the whole scenario with captain marvel is like another disappointing disney move gonna be real i get it like it's frustrating but it is like a poignant relationship in and of itself Mm -hmm. and i i my hope for the sequel is that they like don't I hope they don't actually slam that door shut because I yeah. want people in that community to feel still it, like they can be represented by what yeah. very clearly is is a ship let's be honest 
you know, and that the movie doesn't like completely like spin in their face on that. But I kind of worry that they will. Yeah. Because Disney. I mean, so. it, it, it would be surprising since like we had have we've we've had a few. Um, like LGBTQ yeah, we're couples. Very small steps. Since yeah. then. I think like yeah. in Buzz there was one, like a side character yeah, group. Yeah, not um, a big couple. one though. And then yeah. Eternals, Fastos, yeah. we have yeah. mm-hmm. we have Fastos. Like but they were mm-hmm. all side characters. They That's were never very, like the yeah, main not a lead. Line. And yeah. so it was kind of like, okay, like you know, this exists, we deal with it, and then it's just kind mm-hmm. of like put in the corner kind of thing. Um yeah. so I don't know. Anyways, know. it is yeah. It is definitely a head scratcher, and that like a yeah. lot of people I think left that movie kind of with like, oh, like they were probably a thing, but like yeah, makes Marvel sense. wouldn't come out yeah, right and they say would never it. say that. Yeah, and it's just like it's just so awkward because it's like everyone kind of knows. Yeah, everyone knows, why. but no one's like we yeah, wouldn't want to say no it. But it. at the same time, it's just like it's just like a really awkward space to be in. Um, yeah, but mm-hmm. yeah. Anyways, it's a shame. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. But, like you know, we have hope. For the Marvels movie, we I do hope that hope. they either. I mean, in a perfect world, they would confirm them as a ship, which would be incredible for that <laughs> community. Like, I would love that. Or they just leave it again ambiguous. Like, yeah. I would be fine if they just left it ambiguous, but not like, like shut it down completely. Yeah, because that but would no, just I, like. I, I, yeah. I don't know. It would really just it's kind feels of unnecessary. Water down everything that all the, the, the intensity of the interactions we've seen between yes. Carol. Exactly. Um, hundred percent. Yeah. Like it's just yeah. It would really cheapen no. it. But anyways, okay, mm-hmm. shall we talk about what type of ship this is? Yeah, so I actually had a brainstorm about this m- mid-discussion right now. Of course you did. Oh, good. I good don't for know you. Why. When did you I'm... have this brainstorm opportunity? Like, I, I, I <laughs> don't know. It just occurred to me because I was like, I feel like they're the kind of, what are those amphibian type of, like, cars that they can, you can oh, drive on the road. Too. And, and then yeah. you, go, you can become a boat. So, yeah. it's like, it's, like, disguised as something else. Yeah. Something that's, like, acceptable. Like, oh, just a vehicle. Yeah. And then, like, oh, by the way, now you can be, a, like, just a, a slight little, like, button, press of a button. It's, like, now you're seaworthy. Like, I, yeah. that feels, like, the deliberate, like, disguising of it yeah. feels like that would apply to the ship in this movie specifically mm. like in to the context disguise. of disney yeah like as i think it's called an like amphibian boat or amphibian car i could be super I wrong on that batmobile like it can yeah. do everything <laughs> but True. that's a different like, that's not that's not marvel that's dc so you know, or like <laughs> a transformer like something that like looks like one thing but in re- actuality is something yeah. else like it's just I also this think, looks i also think it could just be like it could just be a really stupid metaphor of like it's clearly a ship but someone's pointing at it being like no that's a plane uh no bro <laughs> No, it's a ship. Like I it actually floats. really like that. Like, yeah, it's like how, like how blind can you be? Like what are you talking about? It's, it's a yeah. ship. It won't do anything yeah. else. It's a ship. Like what yeah. are you gonna say? What do you want to say about it? Like, yeah. No. Ex- yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <sighs> but yes, yeah. this we were talking about this before that there are a few different episodes we've done so far this season that could potentially have like part twos or follow ups because there's mm-hmm. more content coming out concerning mm-hmm. the ships. Mm-hmm. This is technically one of them, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Also, like, Loki season two is coming out right before this movie comes Whoa, out. Like, so there's some follow-up like, there wait. that could happen. Ah, I'm so like, so that might be a little Loki tease there, but Sylvie, keeping the keeping the options open. I'm yeah. so excited. Ah. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, I, I guess open. I guess we can probably make our transition now into spoiler territory. Uh, you know, if we move, I think we're ready to move off of Captain Marvel into so. Guardians territory now. Hey, I think so. Okay, all right, Jill, I'm ready for these okay. spoilers. Hit Boys. me. So this is I'm I'm not gonna lie I'm really really excited to talk about this. It's our first time we've ever done like a relatively new property, 
in an episode, right? Like, at the date of recording this, Guardians has only, like, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 has only been out for, like, a month, literally. And the one the time this episode releases, it'll be about a month and a half. Like, that is the newest we've ever done. Quickest turnaround. But also, I think that is a nice parallel to my, like, meet-cute with the ship, which I'm about to get into, which is, I, I went into this third movie, and I should say left this third movie being like, do I ship, like, Peter Quill with Nebula? Confusion. Like, what? Why? And, like, I think I do. And, like, well, I know I do now. But it was just, it was, you know how I was saying that certain things weren't my biggest takeaways in Captain Marvel? Yeah. Straight up, whether or not this was a ship was my biggest takeaway on first view. No, I know. I know. Because you messaged yes. me and you were yes. like, I think <laughs> I ship Peter and Nebula. Forget Peter and Gamora for a yeah. second. Let's just talk yeah. about Peter and Nebula. And I was like, excuse me? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I was as surprised as you. I was so, very surprised. I mean, because, like, first of all, I mean, I haven't seen this newest movie, right? Yeah, so, like, so for you me, have Nebula no has always been, like, just not a romantic... But, like, she just... She's, she's not, not in a romantic any ships. person. And not really, yeah. There was never kind of an attempt by the writers to even put her with someone yes. else, right? Yeah, and so, I like, agree. she's just kind of, like, romantically unavailable. That's the way I saw her. So... Fair. Yeah. Um, the fact they nice ship them together, I'm like, interesting. Because, like, really, of all of them, I feel like all of them kind of have had some sort of romantic Like the Guardians? Backstory. Yeah, the Guardians. Yeah. yeah except for yeah. Rocket. But, like, you mm-hmm. know, uh, Drax has his family. Mm-hmm. Um, Yondu's, Yondu's, not, yeah, Yondu's R.I.P. Yondu, Yondu. But, like, <laughs> uh, his, uh, sec- his right-hand man, the one who has, like, the his Craiglin? thingy. Yeah. 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 He has, like, a bunch of wives. <laughs> Yeah, he, like married all of them. Peter yeah. Quill obviously was Classic, a lover yeah. of many, many people um, of women, but then also, also like Gamora. Gamora like, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. they've all kind of had their romantic subplots. Uh, Nebula yeah. never has never never had that. So yeah, for me, like it was just it was never kind of an option to put to put yeah. it out. There. It just like wasn't and a so, consideration. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so I mean, please enlighten me. I know you've yes. sent me a quick video <laughs> of them of their final fight scene where. Peter and yeah. Nebula are fighting together, which I must say is great. It gives me throne room throne room vibes from Raylo. Gotta exactly. love that. You know, that's this is my these are my scenes and I love yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, this this ship actually the crazy part about it, on top of a lot of craziness and the fact that I even ship them, still crazy, is that they don't really even have any Jill scenes. Like I'm like, how do I even, I'm like, why do I ship it's them? It's just and like I, the vibes. I have spent the vibes. Is I have it the camera? F- full month. I've spent a month trying to figure this out. Is it the and camera, the way that they're positioned? Part of it. Part of it is. Mm-hmm. I, but I think it's kind of just like a bit of the... In some ways, almost just like a little bit of the writing, but not really, because that almost is like giving it too much credit. But it's, I guess essentially, <laughs> like, my, my meat cue... Again, this is just like a session for me of trying to like figure this out. But my, my meat cue for this movie, because Christina, you, you don't have one. <laughs> I don't have you one yet. Seen. Yes. This is my meet cute, Jill. You're making You're right. my meet cute right now. Like, it's in, in the real making. time. Yes. Yeah. No, that is true. But my, my meet cute was that I, I watched the second trailer for Gu- the Guardians movie at Super Bowl. <laughs> I didn't go to Super Bowl. You know, on the day of the Super Bowl, they yeah. released the trailer. <laughs> and as is the common thing in a lot of Marvel trailers, but particularly Guardians, they end with like a joke. They have like the title reveal and then they have a little button scene, as we call it. And in the second trailer, there's the scene where they Gamora, like uh, the alternate, you know, 2014 version of Gamora, who's the version mm-hmm. we meet in this movie. Or I should say we met her in Endgame, but like she's the one we see in this movie. 
present-day Gamora has died. But this version of Gamora is, like, getting mad at Peter. She's talking about how she's, like, whoever it was that, like, you were in love with, like, it sounds more like her. And she, like, gestures to Nebula, who's, like, also present in this scene. Yeah. I remember. I remember. And, I mean, straight up, like, everyone laughed at it. Great joke. And and the scene kind of continues in the trailer because, you know, Nebula's immediately, like, knock it off. And, like, or, like, "Mm, don't drag me into this. And Peter's, like, oh, her? Peter was, like. But then doesn't he, like, do something where he's, yes. like... Yeah. See, this is the thing. He, like, looks... Like, they're both, like, immediately, like, repulsed, which is the audience reaction. Everyone's like, what? No, I know. not at Again, all. because Nebula was never meant to be... She was never shipped with shipped anyone. With anyone. Like, was, yeah. She's... Ex- until now. <laughs> until now. But, but basically, like, I remember watching the scene, and it, it, the scene continues with him, like, look, like, really looking at her for the first yeah, time. Yeah. He's like... And then he's like... And then she's like, knock it off. Like, stop staring at me. And he's yeah. like, I just never noticed, like, how black your eyes were. And then she's like, they're <laughs> yeah, replaced I remember, I remember, by, yeah. like, by Thanos as a method of torture. And then he's like, she, he picked a pretty set. And then, like, the little trailer <laughs> ends. Like, it's a great, great joke. Like, I really like it. But, like, straight up, that's all I ever thought. I was like, cool. I, I, it's I, just I was funny. Like, that's funny. Peter Quill, that's so like, loves out of the field. every, all women. He, like, yeah. loves all women, so, like, yeah. it's not character. Yeah. surprising that he would be like, hmm, you know. He's like, wait a second, yeah. You know, like, whatever, because that's just a Peter Quill thing for it to do. Exactly. And it was, again, it was a good <laughs> joke. Part of that scene was, I think some of it was ad-libbed by Chris Pratt, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. so, like, that's why I can't give the writing, like, full credit. But even then, watching that scene, I was like, I didn't, like, watch that and was like, holy smokes, that's going to be in the movie. Like, that, yeah. that subplot. I was like, no, I think that's no. hilarious. I like it a lot. Great joke. But then, literally, I've looked on my watch. Literally within the first, like, ten minutes of this film, there mm-hmm. are, like, two or three strong instances of, like, just more focus on these two and their dynamic in a way that I was, like, so immediately intrigued slash distracted by that mm-hmm. I was like, watching for it for the rest of the movie like and it was and it's similar in a way to the carol and yon of it all where it's like Mm -hmm. some of the earliest scenes so again i'm just gonna like full disclosure i've seen this movie six times i've seen it i can like recite it so i feel like i am gonna unfortunately (laughs) spoil some stuff for you something on it too on top of that we'll we'll get into that but i i have i have yeah i've I've dipped into the fanfic community for this ship i have seen it a bunch so like i and i have analyzed to the nth degree with just with myself like and with people in the comment section of the websites of like, why? What is it about this ship? And and truly, what is it I, that like has triggered everyone to think that it's a ship? Exactly. You know, the, what's I'm amazing not alone is that in this. it's not just like, oh, yeah. we're kind of being delirious as sometimes no. we can be this is with like these a, ships. But there's there's actually a, a community developing like, around yes. this theory, which is insane. It's it's so it's such it's been such a fun experience because I've just never had one like this intense where I was like what and the main thing is that the, the common trend that I've seen amongst like the stories that I've written for like I've written two stories for this ship on the archive of our own website and it is the most like engaged comments section I've ever had and like people oh, are writing it. like big comments because everyone has these like big feelings about this ship and almost everyone has and the no exact one has same anywhere trajectory. to go to yeah. exactly like everyone was in the same boat as me where it's like thought it was a joke watched the movie realized it wasn't a joke and realized like hold on <laughs> i actually like them what is happening and then like overanalyzing their little moments in the movie and so essentially like the reason again right off the bat why this was like my main takeaway and my main distraction of this film was that i got the impression so early in the film that nebula was like pining for him 
Mm. Not that like he was super into her and that it was mutual. But specifically her pining, and I love me some pining. It's my fave. Of course, I love writing me some pining. So it's just it's I'm not surprised that I oh yeah, I'm not surprised that I latched onto it. So much angst baked into a pining scenario, and Uh, and it's basically because early early on in the movie, Peter Quill is like blackout drunk. He's upset about like he's still like upset about Gamora and in the film like the first the first song is playing we're watching like rocket rock walk around nowhere which is as you know from the holiday special is where the guardians home base is now so it's like the head of a celestial it's that planet that they live on and rocket's walking around and he sees like peter like passes out he's drunk and then within the same like montage of the song nebula's the one who has to like scoop him up and like bridal style carry him as it's like the opening title sequence showing like all the guardians in a line the guardians of the galaxy volume three title comes up on screen as they're all slow-mo like walking and good she's mm-hmm. like carrying him passed out drunk bridal style oh Great stuff. i've seen this in the trailer that makes yes. sense yeah okay. and so then but they made it so, super dramatic though i thought he died right, exactly and it was just like a <laughs> silly early opening he moment did. but that's that wasn't that wasn't the moment that i was like oh a ship it was the next scene where because she was the one carrying him i suppose she has to like put him into his into his like bed to like tuck him in because he needs to sleep yeah. off the 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 current drunken stupor that he's in and he like in his like delirious type of like inebriated state he she's like putting the blanket over him and he kind of like grabs her forearm and <gasps> is like and he's like i love you but no. then he says gamora and the camera like shows her looking like upset about that i am like i again comment sections have proven me right i am not the only one that thinks this and on top of all of this the song like creep by radiohead is playing and the line like i wish i was special plays in this exact moment when you like see nebula's face and i was just like wait is she like sad that he mistook like like is she upset about this like i was like or could it be that she's upset that no one feels that way about her yeah, it could be as simple as that. She could just be sad. She could be, like, pitying him that, like, ah, I know I miss Gamora, too. Like, there's a lot of ways that you can interpret it, which yeah. is why this is a really fun Ships in the Night for me. Mm-hmm. But it, there was that. And, again, this isn't, like, the first three minutes of the movie. And then right, right after, pretty much back to back, we have two different Guardians coming up to Nebula being, like, so what are we going to do about Peter? And, like, what, like what's wrong with Peter? And and, mm-hmm. and it was just this moment of, like, wait, why are they asking her? Like, Hmm. They they're all they're all. She's family, like the newest so to addition speak. to the team. Exactly. Yeah, she is not. <laughs> well, and that's the interesting part, though. She's technically one of the newest additions, but this movie does a really interesting job of making it clear that like her and Peter are basically like the co-leads of the team. Well, that like, would make sense because Peter's completely incompetent by himself. <laughs> exactly. And people, some people have even gone as far as to be like the mom and dad of the team, which again also is a vibe that fits for them but it, it really like right off the bat it was like I, I was like wait why are they asking her like that's that's mm. interesting is she the most capable out of the mm. remaining not intoxicated guardians perhaps i would think so honestly at the I very would least trust nebula or exactly. over anyone else <laughs> but it's it just it was just like it was just interesting that like right off the bat i i had that like that totally unexpected unexplained moment with him grabbing her arm and i was like what are you teasing here that's like that's such a romantically coded thing to do in general because they had that they have that in so many movies let's just talk about like harry potter when ron has like he's been intoxicated by like the weird love potion thing and then almost Mm -hmm. dies over the poison wine he like mutters like he's in the infirmary and then his yeah. like girlfriend rush- rushes to him and he says like hermione under his like breath yeah it's and like then he like something and he like reaches for her done romantically coded um yeah. stranger things you know 
Nancy is like drunk in season two and then she like mm-hmm grabs Jonathan. I don't remember. I think it was Jonathan who was tucking her in and she was like, no, don't go. Like, there is... It's, yeah, to do things when you're... someone who's, like, drunk and, like, just completely inebriated and Mm -hmm. saying things that, like, they might not remember when they're sober but that they truly mean and then seeing the other person's reaction to it. Classic trope. And and the thing here, the thing here that sticks out is that, like, it's not like he was, like, oh, Nebula and he met Gamora. No, Mm -hmm. it was more just... My big takeaway, again, was that I was just getting pining vibes from her. Mm-hmm. I wasn't getting the vibes that he was, like, super into her all movie. I think it could get there. That's, That's what I fair. would anticipate, uh, like, he a likes everybody. Movie. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. I could totally see him getting there, and it's been a fun mental exercise to be, like, as we'll get into towards the end of this totally like, where, where I could see, I could 100% see him getting there. She's already there. Like, that's what I yeah. kind of had in my mind. I did not think it was, like, equal, equal affection in this film. But yeah, that's what still, it though, the whole so, drunk so and, take, and taking care of someone else is like, yes. exactly. or like bedside, you know, yeah. tenderness manner. in that respect. Yeah. It doesn't matter like who it is. Helping like them. that's yeah. always, always mm-hmm. been romantically coded and in my brain anyways. So no, I, I agree. And on top of all of this, I was like, why did that nebula need to be in that scene? Like that could have been any of the, that could have been almost like a funny scene of like yeah. Drax or Rocket tucking him in it and then him being like, them. He could have been like, I love you, Gamora, and he's holding, like, Rocket's paw. Like, you or Drax. Yeah, like, and it could have been, like, a funny moment. Or Mantis, or, or, or even, like, Cosmo the dog. Like, mm. it could have been any of that. But the fact that they had it be Nebula, and then they had her have that expression. Like, when you see the movie, you'll understand. Like, I was like, whoa, what is, my, what is this? My question is, then, yes. is this... I mean, so, I see a few ways that this could be going, right? Yes. And I haven't seen the movie yet, but, like, yeah. maybe one of them is that, like, Nebula again is kind of it's like a coming of age for her where she's coming yeah. to realize like she kind of wants someone to take care of her or to right. love her like that and so like yeah. whenever she sees like peter pining for gamora you know she feels right. kind of jealous in that like yeah. i wish someone felt like that for me the mm-hmm. other thing is that it's there is a chance that she likes peter but kind of like in a little sister likes your older sister's like boyfriend yeah, crush kind of like you know yeah. you know like um to all the mm-hmm. boys kind of vibe where it's like she's yeah. kind of crushing on her older sister's boyfriend because it's like oh like he's such yeah. a nice guy i mean yeah Peter's such a nice guy yeah but like obviously <laughs> yeah. like still a nice guy it's like kind of that jealousy where it's like you know i wish i was being treated like that kind of yeah. thing and so yeah. it's like she'll grow out of that crush it's just that he just so happens to be there and it's yeah. just you know like she's Super just valid. coming to terms yeah. with like maybe she having could having a crush she could have crushes on people and like she yes. could like people you know things like that yeah. so yeah maybe it's just that and she's just yeah. kind of it's it's a growth thing for her um absolutely yeah. i would love that even in of it's in and of itself part of why i've really enjoyed even exploring this as a ship is because i love nebula one of my absolute favorite characters in marvel mm-hmm. and it is such an interesting idea to think of like this character after all she's been through and like the arc that she's gone on mm-hmm. since 2014 in the first Guardians mm-hmm. movie for her to be like going from like villain sidekick all the way to this to being someone that's like oh shit is this what it feels like to like be interested in someone or like yeah. romance is well, a possibility it's part in my of life a healing like, journey I think yes. you know for her for time see. it's always been like she, it's she has to fend for herself killing, right? yeah and she yeah. needs to kill or she needs to hurt others in order to like save herself and yeah. now we're kind of coming to the point where she's like well maybe i have enough capacity in my heart not just to care for myself and like my yeah. own survival yeah, but also to care now. about yeah. someone else and their livelihood too and so yeah. perhaps the easiest way to move on from this movie which i have not seen yet and i feel like i would just i'm going to be an emotional wreck after so like there's oh, of that course. but like yeah 
is is just to think about it as like this is just another part of Nebula's healing, and it's another yes. part of her arc where she's coming to terms Absolutely. with like she could actually, yeah, ha- fathom having someone else in her life. You know, yes. not just her. Feelings yeah. aren't like a bad thing. Like mm-hmm. I, I could on the base level, I'm like that's beautiful and that's so rich, and I'm shocked mm-hmm. that they didn't explore it because this is again why this so surprised me as a ship. And I, like, as I watched this movie, and I was like, I left the movie being like. I love the idea of like Nebula falling in love. What a fantastic storyline! What a why, lovely storyline! Why, oh. why wouldn't we get to? We aren't going to get to see that because this is like the last regular Guardians movie, that's perhaps so the exciting. last one ever. I know, and that's why I'm like, why did the ship enter my brain in the last movie? I'm so upset because I have no guarantee that we'll ever see any of these people again. So it's like, uh, <sighs> I don't know if I can watch this jail. Are they going to break me like Raylo did? Like I just can't. It's no, like how they no, no, no. Introduce that last minute, and I'm like, you should have thought this out better (laughs) this is gonna damage people oh god Uh, but okay we haven't even we haven't actually even gotten to my like solidifying the ship moment which is get get, get to there then the beginning is powerful but basically in the premise of the slight spoiler for the start of this movie is like rocket gets really injured he gets attacked by um, a teased character from the second movie and he like almost dies and they they try to save him with their equipment and they find out that he's got like an automatic like kill switch built into him because he was kind of like a created he was like a created creature um and they basically need to go and figure out how to like deactivate the switch and solve this problem and so they set off within like 10 15 minutes of this movie starting they like set off on a journey and are like Mm -hmm. we got to get to this first location we got to get this pass key to uh, fix this thing so that we can save Mm -hmm. him because he's like actively dying so rocket's like in the infirmary throughout a lot of this first part of this movie oh r.i.p rocket so they just like they go but it's early on, early, early on in this movie that they, they enter this, like, first of a couple planets that they visit throughout this film. It's a classic space mm-hmm. movie. But mm-hmm. in order to get there, there's these, like, three impenetrable shields that they need to get through in their ship mm-hmm. to sneak on. Whole thing. And, again, I, this is, I feel so insane, but this is truly how I feel, is that there's this, this moment where Nebula's in one part of the ship, and in the bottom part of the ship is Peter along with, like, Drax and Mantis, and they're basically trying to like jam signals so that they can bust through these shields Mm -hmm. that's the setup and i say all this because nebula and peter are on comms with each other they're Mm -hmm. on like again Mm -hmm. different floors of the ship and she's like yeah you know there's three shields you need to get through this is not going to be like easy Mm -hmm. star lord and she says that and then you cut to peter and he's explaining to drax and mantis he's like she calls me star lord like when she's mad at me and then and she's right you know i shouldn't have been drunk yeah Okay, so my brain has just gone insane at that now, particular this is line. Nickname names so, are a big thing. We've but, had we've talked about yes. this. But and this get don't worry, there's more about names in this movie. Oh. But the Star Lord line in particular, because A, he, he obviously we know that's his name, but he doesn't get called it that often. He Never. certainly he doesn't by the that team. He thinks high, highly exactly. of himself. <laughs> but and it's it's kind of hilarious that then she uses his name as almost like I've kind of viewed in some ways, if you want to make it non-romantic, it's like the mother scolding a kid by being like, yeah. I'm gonna use your full name when I'm pissed off at you. And then I'm gonna call you Jimmy when I'm like you're just my kid that I love. Like yeah. it you could interpret it that way, but to me it was more like there's so many layers to this, because I'm like so, okay, in order for you to know that that's what she's doing when she's, like, that she's mad at you and she calls you Star-Lord means you've had to have pissed her off a luff and started to notice this pattern, which mm-hmm. means you've had to have worked together enough and, like, gotten closer to develop this, like, shorthand and then have it be a shorthand that 
other teammates don't know about. Like, mm-hmm. the fact that he had to explain it to their teammates, who are basically family, and they all live together, means that, like, how much time are you spending? Or, like, how much closeness uh, do you guys have separate uh, from the team? I love and, like, it. I shipped, oh, God. I shipped them already. Oh, it was, so, <laughs> it was so, like, it just, like, set my mind spinning. I was like, there's, what is all this, what's going on? Like, on top it's of all the this, typical, we've, we've missed time It's the typical, them. like, tough girl doesn't think she likes the guy kind of thing, so mm-hmm. she, like, hates yeah. him, quote-unquote yes, hates right. him, uses yes. all these, like, nicknames against him, but then it ends up yeah. discovering, oh, Insulting I actually him, don't yeah. hate him, I love him. Oh, yeah. and then Classic. it just goes off of there. Oh, God. And it's, like, oh, it's... Oh, I love it. <sighs> There's so I many instances. I'm just learning all this for the first time, too. It's I know. lovely. I'm really excited to hear you watch this movie. I'm, I'm pumped. But, like... Yeah, I'll have to call th- you after. Yes. But th- throughout this film... There are periods where, like, again, I've tried to sort through this in my mind as, like, is this romantically coded? Is this more like, yes. she's the mom of the group? Is this more like, she just feels bad about Gamora and so does Peter? Like, you can no, interpret it lots of different even ways. Even if she's the mom of the group, that's romantically coded. No, it's it's true. But they they have a moment on um, this first planet that they get to. They bust through these shields, yada, yada. They meet up with Gamora because she's on the Ravagers now. <laughs> and Peter didn't know about this. And he, like... They realize, oh, Gamora is like our contact. She's going to be working with us on this mission. Yeah. Clever writing to bring her into the story. But it, like, Peter goes up to Nebula and he's like, why didn't you tell me like Gamora's the contact? Because he's like freaked mm-hmm. out about it. And she's like, I didn't didn't want you to be freaked out. And he's like, freaked out how? And he gets like immediately really high voice. And it's just hilarious. So it's like a great moment. And it, le- it sets off this whole section of the film of Peter trying to like convince this alternate version of Gamora like of what they had of him like being very hung up on her still and being like yeah like we loved each other like you were everything to me and and she's like mm-hmm. I don't she usually like doesn't even remember his name she calls him Quinn mm-hmm. a few times like she's like I don't, I don't think so that's not me and all of this leads into that scene from the trailer where it's the whole Gamora like gets really fed up at him and is like whoever it was that like you were in love with she's like it, it wasn't me like it sounds more like Nebula like it sounds more like her and at that moment in time, with so much more context in the film, this is like maybe halfway through the movie, not quite at this point. I was like, so now 100%. this really feels like a trope, not just a joke. A hundred percent. Right? Because it's the classic thing of like, haha, the idea of us dating, hilarious. Flash forward to you actually dating. Like by yeah. the end of the film. Like well, that's what it's that also feels like, like. It's also like he it's like he has been in love with an idea of Gamora. Yes. And even though but that yes. actual kind of missing that piece version. has actually been filled in by Nebula yes. doing the things that Gamora would have done if she had been his co-pilot this entire time yeah and but he refuses to admit that he would have to, to see Nebula that. because he still thinks he loves Gamora yes yeah oh, exactly oh, exactly oh, 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 it's so rich too much. <laughs> I know that's why it's so good because in, in right in right before Gamora had even snapped at him being like Whoever you were, like, whoever it was, it wasn't me. It's because he's, like, mad that Gamora is so brash and abrasive and mm-hmm. is, like, violent in a way that, like, he's like, old oh, you would have never done this. Like, that's why you left Thanos and formed the Guardians. Yeah. And, and and she's like, I barely left Thanos. And, like, none of this happened. Like, that was actually I her. Left Thanos. Like, like. <laughs> and, and it's it was, just, and it's so. And it's so true. And it's so interesting because, like. Nebula did have a huge arc, like exactly. arc, and she has gone. She's done a full one eighty in her life. Yes, and literally. Yeah, she's kind of perfect, and she is like the. You know, I haven't seen Wicked, but I feel like it's mm-hmm. kind of like the Glinda and Alphabet um, thing. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. So mm-hmm. absolutely. Where obviously, like Nebula, you would never think of her as like, oh, she's now the good guy. She's just kind of like, yeah. quote unquote, a defect. You know, like she defected yeah. from like Thanos and is kind of yeah. here now, whatever. But like, mm-hmm. 
and Gamora kind of steals the spotlight on that, um, yeah. as always. But and it's, Nebula's been like the quiet one throughout, who has had more throughout. of an interesting. She's always been and, second best, second to yeah, Gamora. and that's and that's see that's the really rich part about this as a ship too. And this is something I've had a lot of fun like engaging with commenters about is like the p- angst potential there is so interesting because oh, I love it. And I love how we're she just would feel second best right now. <laughs> I know, I because I can see like there being a. a Diff, like a road bump in like a future relationship for like oh Nebula and Peter because she'd be like you don't you're just replacing Gamora and he'd have to like convince her that no that's not what he's doing and like but she's had to commit with Gamora her whole life that's why she's a li- probably hesitant yeah. about even pursuing this relationship and it's unfair and, like, for him uh, to put Gamora on a pedestal yeah. when it's clearly like she's the one that's been doing all the work that Gamora yes. should have done yeah she's not getting the credit she's like keeping the guardians in check she's running that yeah. entire nowhere planet like, like, and, it, and, it, and it gets us to that line that we hear <sighs> all the time in rom-coms and in like yeah. dystopian ways and stuff which is like what does she have that I can't give you you know mm-hmm. what is it about her mm-hmm. that makes her so special I've done everything that she could have done yeah, no, it's true. It is. It, it that's like a subtext type of thing. If if there was, if this was a more romantic, like a truly more explicitly Obviously, romantic, and of course ship, they wouldn't make it that way because they don't no. want a love triangle in the last movie. I know, but this is rich. This is very, very no, this rich. This is why oh this has goodness. been like living in why my brain. Why would they brain? do this so late in the game? It's I so know. frustrating. <laughs> I know. I this is. I really wish that this had been like movie two stuff, and then we had yeah. like a confirmed movie three to like really flesh it out. Oh my god. But it so there's that there's that whole moment which again with added context that trailer moment suddenly becomes like much more tropey and much more romantically coded, mm-hmm. and then they go in this movie they need to go to like another planet. It's like um, if yeah. you've seen the trailers, just it's planet called, hopping. Exactly, but they're on the planet where it's like the people slap. They're like animal human hybrids, and mm-hmm. it, it's like called Counter Earth. It kind of looks like Earth, and there are just several moments throughout this whole section of the movie where they're on this Counter Earth because mm-hmm. Gamora's kind of staying behind on the ship at this point. She's kind of gotten mad at everyone, and she's not really being like much of a team player. So it mm-hmm. effectively separates Gamora from the group for a while, which is mm-hmm. great because it gives Peter and Nebula more time on screen together, and it includes moments where, like again, you get more of the mom and dad vibes. Mm-hmm. But particularly a part that I really enjoy is, and it's kind of this this clip started making their rounds on on social media specifically because it involves um, Marvel dropping like an f bomb for the first time in Have they any ever? of their movies. No, and you're allowed to in a PG thirteen film, like you can do one f bomb, but they just never have. And they Nick ended Fury's up. come close. He's come close, but it's never... And the Spider-Man movies have also come close, but then they cut to credits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. never actually happened. And they, they were kind of... There's been fun interviews with James Gunn where he's like, yep, this is my legacy now. I'm, like, glad to have it. Like, I'm glad that that... Like, I'm fine that, like, I'm the first... I'm leaving this franchise and I'm the first one that got an F-bomb in there. But I like it because it's a scene where they are... The team is kind of gone been taken in by this like bat-headed family who's like mm-hmm. helping them out and saying like you need to get to like this evil guy's headquarters they're gesturing mm-hmm. as to where it is and he's like <laughs> can i because they can't communicate with each other yeah. they can't speak english and he's like can i take your car and it's this old like car from the 80s or whatever and she's like yeah for sure so in the car is going to be like peter he gets in the driver's seat groot gets into like the back seat and then nebula's like on the passenger side but she if you've ever seen the clip like she's 
can't open the door. It's like this kind of old mm-hmm. car with a weird locking mm-hmm. mechanism. Mm-hmm. Very funny scene. And she's like struggling with it. And then he's like, oh, it looks like you're like pushing, like press the button. She's like, I am. And he's like, I think you're pressing like the keyhole. And she's like, okay, <laughs> press this button beside it. And so they're like bickering quite a bit. And then she finally like does it properly. And then she's like, okay, now what? Like she's pressing the button to yeah. open the door. And he's like, open the fucking door. She's just like is standing there <laughs> not doing anything. But it's great and hilarious. And, <laughs> and it, it gets a big laugh in the theater all six times I've seen it. And she opens the door, she gets into the car, and then she's like, that was a stupid design, and those instructions were very unclear. And then, you know, he immediately struggles to start driving this, like, stick shift car. I think it's stick. And so it's just continued comedy and continued bickering, and she's, like, repulsed by the fact that he, like, can't get his shit together and, like, drive this vehicle. Mm -hmm. And and he's like, what do you expect? I left Earth when I was eight years old. Like, how was I going to be good at driving? And then she's like, you want me to drive? Like, I'll drive. And he's like, I didn't see you volunteering. And he said that earlier. And, like, it's a whole... Oh, my gosh. It's a very fun sequence. Again, very married couple vibes. Like, it's... Like, that's... so much so. So romantically coded. And, like, just... So fun. It's just, you can, I can see it already on YouTube to be like, Peter and Nebula bickering like an old married couple for 10 minutes. Like, it's just easy. Yeah, exactly. Those compilations. Oh my God. So that was great. And someone, some astute commenter pointed out when I was communicating with them earlier, like a few, few weeks back, they were like, that's how you know Nebula actually likes him. Normally she would completely just yell at him for, like, the fact that she didn't like scream at him when she got into the car, she was just like, that's a stupid design. She's not like, she shouts a lot in this movie. She shouts a lot in all the movies. But the fact that she just, like, just, like, grumble grumbled about it versus, like, screaming at him was great. And I was like, that's... She has just, tolerance and yeah, patience she's developed, Peter Yes. Versus everyone else. And, like... Yeah. yeah. Kudos it, to her, because I don't, I don't think I would have tolerance for someone like right? Peter. <laughs> I know. Exactly. He's so but, ridiculous. I can't. <sighs> You know, it's it's great. It's so, so like, frustrating. Oh, that's so frustrating. I feel bad for Nebula. I know. So she she and again, it helps that I I love her as a character. So I was feeling like her headspace was just like an easy one to tap into. I was yeah. like, I totally I I see what you're thinking here, girl. Like your your emotions are like written all over your face. Like we I, got I just, you, girl. We yeah, got you. we all we're picking up what you're putting down. Like it was even if he's not like. And it was and it was great. So there's this whole sequence and more action is starting to happen in the movie going forward like they're going to this headquarters location yada yada and they like get to the entrance and she's not allowed to go up with Peter and Groot because she's got like a gun in her arm that's just like the way her <laughs> mechanical arm works and they're like no weapons allowed in the laboratory so she can has she to stay behind hmm? no she no slice off her arm. I know you'd think she should hey but then she'd be out with like a great weapon that's <laughs> but true she, it would be a waste the, I mentioned this though because it produces a very brief but yet another shipper moment where it like yeah, Peter and Groot have to leave, so they, like, Nebula, like, like kind of, like, ghost him, and he's like, hey, like, and she's, like, clearly very concerned, and he's like, it's gonna be okay, like, don't worry about it, like, she's anxious to, like, part with them, and I'm like, what vulnerability? We never see this from her. Oh, like, it's so frustrating, because ugh. she really, and not just theoretically that she, you know, takes Gamora's place, but she also yeah. takes, like, Gamora's um, place as a character, as a partner for Peter throughout this story because you know mm-hmm. if Gamora hadn't lost her memory well not lost her memory if but, she hadn't died and yeah. we didn't get the old one this <laughs> yeah. would all be her she would be doing yeah, all Gamora of this Gamora would be doing a lot of this and it wasn't even something Nebula did consciously like I, I truly think that like, she just warmed up to these people over time which yeah. is like makes it so cool to see and throughout like there's a lot more more action and 
your more rocket life saving type stuff that they're getting into throughout this part of the film. Yeah. But eh, I'm just plot. like jumping to the ship. We don't have to get to the no, plot. We're jumping to the ship moments. Because <laughs> again, I've like thought through them all. But like another moment that comes in is like every group is getting separated. This planet that they were on is like exploding. They're trying mm. to all like fly away and they're everyone's in like one of them. A couple people are in the laboratory. A couple people are in their ship. A couple people are in a different location. And it basically ends up that Peter is on the ship with Rocket, who's, like, now recovered, and he's with Groot, and now Gamora, she's present again, um, because she never really left the ship, and Nebula, Mantis, and Drax are trapped in this, like, flying laboratory thing, Mm -hmm. and the reason they're even on there is because they were trying to go rescue Groot and Peter in the first place, so it's, like, a bunch, it's, like, a big mishap, which is very fun, but they get on comms with each other, and, like, Peter and Nebula, and then, and she's, like, like, right away, that's fun. And they're like, where, like, where are you? And like, what, like, what's going on? And she's like, we're trying to like save you, obviously. And he's like, save me? No, no, no. Like, I got off the ship. Like, you should have like, you should always know. Like, I, I have like incredibly clever ways to get out of a fix. And, oh like, yeah, yeah, whatever. All whatever, these things, Peter. and it was, it's like this, a little bit of like banter there. And in this kind of right after this conversation, the evil guy comes in, like the main villain of the film, mm-hmm. comes in and like takes Nebula's comms and like destroys it and all these things, and and then not. Him, him and his crew like knock out Nebula, um, Drax and Mantis like knocks them all out. And so Did like they do Peter, that? On, is that possible? I feel like they're they like, like I think they just like hit them like what type of thing. It takes more than that to take them out, but okay. It really <laughs> it does. Basic- it really does. <laughs> oh my gosh! But it, it produces a moment where he's like Nebula, like what happened? Like come in, like what's going on? Like you see concern oh, again. He's concerned. So I appreciate for her. it. I feel like there are a lot of Christina scenes in this movie that I would appreciate. I know. See, that's the thing. There's, like, no Jill scenes, but there's quite a few Christina. And it's, uh, it's just a whole... You know, that's what You're I gonna love. like this. You're gonna like this. You know. But, ba- oh, man. Okay, so basically, I'm trying to think from this part on, we're getting, like, truly into the, the final, like, the final battle climax. They're basically trying to rescue all the, like, test subjects off of this laboratory, this yeah. flying laboratory, and they're trying to bring them onto their planet mm-hmm. and throughout all of this. And so there's a lot of chaos going on. Eventually, everyone gets reunited, and they're about to, like, have this really dope hallway fight where they have to take out a lot of like bad guys to get to like the next room it's just like a really Mm -hmm. cool one shot this is where the Mm -hmm. scene that i that i showed you came from where there's this cool battle happening and so in this really awesome really awesome fight they're playing a beastie boys track it's great it's a really really good scene they kind of the camera does mixes of like slow-mo tracking shots and then goes into like normal speed again and so they'll they'll, they'll, like do a slow-mo of rocket like flying above shooting people and then like a slow-mo of Groot's arm extending and like rocket swinging on it and like so they keep featuring each character well the duos the do they're featuring the duos exactly and they they show peter by himself at first and then they bring in like nebula comes into frame Mm. and they're like face to face like again very close to each other and he's Ah! like pressing an electrocution button to like take out a bunch of bad guys and she's like using her arm slash gun and like and it's a super brief but like again why did you need to show that like this is like everything is so intricately choreographed like you didn't need to do that no bring us back to like my commentary on like combat scenes to you know um you know two people who could be potentially romantically involved in the future are Mm -hmm. in sync when they're fighting that's yeah. a huge indicator that they yeah. could in be in an action a thing. movie. I mean, classic mode. Loki yeah. and Sylvie, Sylvie timekeeper's yes. room, yes. Raylo throne room. Yes. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh! Don't even. I, I'm not gonna start talking about it because if I do, this no. podcast episode. episode will never end. That's that's <laughs> exactly. the next episode. Um, yes. You know, and the fact, and you sent me this video. 
Yes. Of them fighting super brief, like literally three seconds. Oh, it's like a split um, second, literally. But I love how they're like looking at each other. What was the point of that? Why did you need to look yeah, at I each know. other Why when are you're they like face zapping to face the like this? Why f- focus on your enemies? Also, um, <gasps> there's a it, it brings me to like the Will Turner and Elizabeth. I don't remember what her last name is in Pirates of the Caribbean in their final oh, fight scene yes. where they're like fighting together and they're like Barbosa, marry us and they're busy like fighting and stuff but they're like looking <laughs> at each other and then the camera kind of slows and it's just like them and like the rest of the all, everyone else fighting around them yeah like come on man yeah very, uh, they know what they're doing I don't know if Peter and Gamora had a scene like that you know before this film like, I know have, like, I was trying to remember scene. maybe I don't but again have. the key thing is that Gamora is in this fight she's present she doesn't get that moment with Peter. Boo. It's with Nebula. I, so that's why I'm like, mm, why would the, would the writers interesting. did this on purpose? Obviously. Yeah, James like, Gunn. This is what not are you even thinking? Like, this is yeah. not even like a by accident anymore. Obviously, oh, yeah. they tried to introduce this whole ship thing into I our brains like just to like really bug us. But like, thank you, oh, well, thank exactly. you for a few sleepless nights, and in Jill's case, a few sleepless nights, sleepless nights plus a few creative fevers on top of yeah. that so I would say a few sleepless weeks maybe <laughs> <laughs> but basically this the, the fighting continues there's all this stuff going on they get through the hallway there's a great scene yes more more trying to save all these animals and kids off of this ship and basically this is again really getting into spoiler territory but there's a moment oh, I'm where I'm so scared I'm everyone, so scared everyone gets onto nowhere like they get onto their yeah. planet and peter's like the last person he he like drops his zune device like his music device uh-huh. as he's like trying to run off of this exploding planet and uh-huh. like jump through space to get from one one like bay to the other and uh-huh. he drops the zune so he has to go back and get it which like slows him down and he needs to like do all this cool fancy action stuff and then he tries to like shoot himself across the the gap in, in space because you can't stay in space mm-hmm. for too long unprotected uh-huh. and he gets like slowed down by floating debris and he's just like stalled midair and his like face is getting all puffy and like it really does look like he's gonna die so spoiler he doesn't but like it really oh, they good, set it okay. up to look like he does but he gets saved by um, this like tertiary character that the one that actually initially hurt Rocket Adam Warlock he's a character throughout this film but he he get he gets saved. He saves Peter that way. It's a whole thing. It's his like when Peter are... almost died when he was saving Gamora. There I know that's a... the thing. It was kind yeah. of repetitive. And some people who watch this movie were like, I've heard people talk about this, like podcasters saying, you know, I would, I, w- I almost expected like Gamora to come save him if she had a way to do that, like to be a nice parallel from the first or movie. Or Nebula, you yeah. know, well, someone along the lines. I also, mean, the, I must the, say, mm-hmm. uh, who's the actor that plays Peter? Um, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt was in Passengers. Yes. Yeah. Where he also almost dies in outer space. Oh, this is too much a of a movie. repeat. This cannot be. This, this keeps okay, happening. Well, it's not, this, no. <laughs> this can't keep happening for, space. Them, for him. Yeah. <laughs> but it but basically it ends up. The Adam Warlock of it all isn't relevant. It just means that, like, Peter has been saved. But what is relevant is that when he gets brought back onto, like, their ship, he's looking all worse for wear. Guess who was the very first person to race to his side? Oh, stop! And give him, like, and, and, back to the names of it all, for the first time, she actually calls him Peter. She normally calls him Quill, like, throughout the oh, entirety gosh. of Guardians. I can't. I have to I, just go watch this, like, tomorrow. <laughs> I know! Like, I, and this is the thing. I, I noticed that on first viewing, that she, I was like, oh, she called him Peter. Like, that's not normal. Has she been doing that this whole movie? No, she has not. It is 
only in this moment where he's like about to die. She's again, she runs to his side and he, it's kind of a running joke throughout the movie that when the guardians do weird stuff, they, Mm -hmm. they do like kind of crazy risky stuff. They tell the team like, did that look cool? Like, did I do something cool? And so he says that directly to her as he's like, kind of like lying on the ground. He's like, did that look cool? And she doesn't yell at him doesn't like punch him in the face she just like gives him a hug and then like a group hug forms around everyone and like at the point she's already said peter and i just am like oh my god like so sorry does the peter uh, worship ever set set sail in this one i just need to know no, no that's the next scene don't worry there's another scene that we need to talk about so okay the, so you get this fantastic i'm hug on the and edge then, of my seat here. i know so the action is done Again, throughout this whole movie, again, that's been Peter, basically Peter's arc throughout this movie is, like, part of his arc is, like, getting over Gamora, recognizing that Mm. this isn't going to work, this is not the same person. And Gamora... Good riddance at this point, because, like, obviously I'm cheering for someone buddy. (laughs) Well, exactly. And so, like, the final scene between Peter and Gamora is honestly arguably one of the, like, the best of the movie. It's just, like, very poignant. Really? It's a really good scene. Because... I I hope... Let's hope so. (laughs) Tell me. So, Tell me, tell me, tell me. Gamora's parting ways with everyone. Like, she's going back to the Ravagers. You later find out that, like, that's her new family. It's really lovely. But she, you know, Peter kind of walks up to her, and he, and she's like, I'm still, you know, I'm not the person you, like, want me to be. And he's like, yeah, well, like, you, you the real you is not too bad either. And then they kind of, like, Gamora walks past him, and they're, this is, like, really significant blocking. Like, they're basically, like, not quite back to back. And then Gamora, like, stops. She, she doesn't go continue walking to the ship. She's like, you know, like, I bet we were fun. It's, like, the first concession she's made this whole movie mm-hmm. that, like, he might be onto something. Like, they probably were, like, a good couple. You know, mm-hmm. like, him and him, her and Peter. And he's like, oh, like, you, you wouldn't believe. Like, and he's, like, almost, Aww. like, he's, like, almost crying. Like, it's really lovely. And I mentioned this as a, sh- a scene from my ship because just kind of, like, off to the side, Nebula is, like, talking to a crew member, and she's, like, watching them the whole time. So, A, she didn't need to be present for the scene. Why did you put her there? And and B, like, after that exchange happens, that final exchange, Gamora then, like, continues on to the ship. She does, like, a little knowing, like, nut, like grunt slash nod, which is her way of communicating with Nebula. They set that up earlier in the movie. They do a little, like, <clears throat> grunt at each other to just be like, hey, like, bye, sister. Cute. It's really nice. And then Gamora goes on the ship, and then Peter is like staring at the ship where Gamora entered on and Nebula mm-hmm. is kind of like in his periphery and she's like like are you okay like and he's like I need Aww. to go like I think I think we need to talk to everyone and that some brilliant commenter really emphasizes this to me but like this moment always bothered me because I was like why isn't Peter like looking at Nebula she's right in front of him mm-hmm. but someone pointed out it's because he's not ready yet like he is unable to like see what's right in front of him just yet he's still like stuck he's kind of like still stuck on Gamora but like Nebula's right there she's ready like he'll get there okay just not well, in this movie this is good like, no this is good it it, oh, it leaves it open exactly Ex- and, and, and so, I think <sighs> this movie age will age well over rewatches which you yes. have done which <laughs> yes. is like the more you watch it because I think as an audience member, if I hadn't known all this, yeah. I would have been going in rooting for Peter and Gamora to exactly. be like, ooh, are they going to get back together. together? Yeah. And so I'm going to totally be like, fair. you know, craving those scenes where they finally, like, recognize their feelings for each other. And yeah. then Nebula's kind of like, thank you, but no thank you kind of thing, yeah. right? But yeah. I think if you watch it a few times over, you'll come to realize, and I think this is like a metaphor for Peter, too, in his character. Yes, you know, exactly. you'll come to realize that the one who actually was there for him this whole time mm-hmm. wasn't Gamora, it was Nebula. Yeah. And... At some yeah. point in the future, he's going to realize that. Yes, exactly. We just won't, we won't necessarily see it. And this scene in particular, even though it is kind of more uh, of a, oh, on I the surface, uh. more of a Peter Gamora scene, this is the scene that, like, 
I, for context, I saw this movie on like a Wednesday night as part of a marathon. I saw like the first yeah, two Guardians right. movies and then this one. <laughs> no so sleep. it was like 3 a.m. by the time I got home. And I so I'd barely slept. And then I like woke up at probably like three or four, four or five hours later, literally got out of bed being like, I, I can't stop thinking about them. I need to like write them like I need yeah I, I was like I should really be sleeping in I've like gotten barely any sleep but I was like so compelled and I could like see where it was going in my head so at the end what I ended up writing was a scene from Nebu's perspective basically that moment what she's mm-hmm. kind of thinking as she's watching oh them interact and she's like mulling over her history with him and things and then I made like a slight modification I at the very end of the scene I had it so that rather than you know Basically, rather than Gamora, that final line to Peter being like, you know, like about we were fun, and he's like, oh, you wouldn't believe it. I have her say like one more thing, and I have her repeat that line from earlier in the movie where she's like, you know, whoever it was that you were in love with, like it wasn't me, like sounds more like her. And I have her like say it, like kind of like whisper it and be like, mm-hmm. like, oh, like l- wake up, buddy, like look, like she's right mm-hmm. there, just to like prompt him. And then Nebula's perspective is like, you know, she tried to, tries to communicate to Nebula through the grunt that, like, like go get him. Like, he's kind of like, he's all yours. Like, that was mm-hmm. just how I end that little oh, interaction. I love it. I mean, and for all we know, it could have happened. I I, exactly. Like, I'm like, honestly, in the time since I wrote this scene and then proceeded to rewatch the movie, like, that night and several times after, I just, like, whisper those lines in my head. I'm like, Gamora just repeats the line, Peter hears it, and then he starts to, like, put him on a trajectory towards eventually seeing Nebula for what she is. Like, I was like, mm. it all fits. It all fits oh, in my mind. And I just... I love it. And it's, like, I, oh, it was just yeah. such a rich potential ship for me. It's one of my absolute favorite ships in the night because it's just, like, there's so much baked into there. And I and just think like it would be so clearly beautiful Clearly a her. ship's in the night. I think this is, like, the yes. epitome of what a ship's in the night yes. is. Yeah. And yeah, but based on actually the definition of like the ships passing, like where they're not yeah, at the right time, literally. like literally multiple ships passing in this case. Cause yes. Oh. Yeah. There's three of them. Okay. Actually, as we get to then, I think that's honestly, that's the end of the movie. So that's kind of a transition to like, what type of ship is this? Um, I mean, end of the movie is that Peter ends up going back to earth. Nebula stays on nowhere. A couple other characters what? stay in different locations. So that's why like everything's kind of separated. So end of the movie is not them like Boo. together. It's really beautiful when you when you see the movie. It's very beautiful. Don't worry. But will they ever see each other again? The possibility is there. I say. Okay. Good. Because yeah, you can't leave me like this, Jill. I know. Well, that's why I've been like feeling insane about it. Because I'm like, okay, what's a what's a world in which I could conceive that they would reunite and it would make believable and it wouldn't invalidate Peter's arc. Someone Mm -hmm. needs to realize that they have feelings for the other. Like Peter has to. That would happen in the future. Yeah. Get a grip and like. Yeah. And come like, oh, to shit. terms yeah. with his reality and like yes. just you know and realize she's been there all along the classic like yeah <sighs> he just needs to get out of this little stupid fantasy he's created for himself and just yeah. realize who's truly been there mm-hmm. and nebula needs to like be mm-hmm. brave enough to put herself out there the i know there's about, so oh, much i know oh, yo this and is too much for me i know and one one of my favorite like sentiments about this is that i was like i've never been much of like a fan of peter quill i really like him in this movie he's like my favorite yeah. iteration of him but again i love nebula and i'm like if nebula likes peter then i want her to have peter because i want her yeah. to be happy she like, deserves like, the best yes literally. She, after everything she's been through she deserves yes. the best and that's the common sentiment amongst people that love this ship is that everyone's like Yes, go also, get it, Nebula. Like, sorry, she also lost like Tony Stark, and I think she really yeah. bonded with Tony yeah. um, in like Avengers, and so like she's lost a lot of people, and now she's lost mm-hmm. kind of her sister. Yeah, right? she's lost because, her sister. Yeah. So, 
it's just like she deserves the best she really does mm-hmm. okay okay let's talk about what type of ship this is okay i mean i actually think it is literally ships in the night in a scenario like i can kind of see like spaceships in the night spaceships <laughs> like i i feel like i can i can i'm picturing walk with me on this i can like picture like three individuals like if we're bringing Gamora into this it's like Peter like Peter's in the middle and then Gamora's on one side Nebula's on the other maybe Nebula's like obscured by fog or something Mm -hmm. but she's like been there the whole time and as like Gamora goes on off a different path like she takes Mm -hmm. she goes through one of those jump points and like disappears Mm -hmm. and Peter like realizes like the fog lifts and he realizes like oh shit like look who's been here this whole time right beside me my partner and all of this like leading the team and like I just I can like see something like some group of three either boats or spaceships like <laughs> moving around each other in this very precise way if only, we had a video, if only we had a video component to this podcast i would want people seeing you how you're like <laughs> how i'm gesturing right now <laughs> Just gesturing. <laughs> it's not making it any clearer but that's where my head goes is like i think Gamora factors into them as a ship because of all of this history yeah in a way that is way beyond just like a simple love triangle it's so much more yeah. complex and mature than that to be honest like that's why i like it i hate love triangles normally i hate so love triangles like, too and i don't really even think this is one because i think gamora's out no. of the picture now and like thank goodness <sighs> god <sighs> but okay deep. well that was really <gasps> <sighs> that was really deep <laughs> i know there's a lot this is way longer than we I thought i love man. how we recorded my reaction to this um Yes, uh, I'm glad yeah. that you're. I'm glad that you're on board with it. Like I, I was like, not. Oh, I wanted to con- convince you, but you were convinced way earlier than I expected. So this is wonderful. Oh uh, yeah, I'm sold. I'm sold, man. <sighs> you know, it doesn't take much to sell me, especially when you put in like action and adversity and them yeah. fighting together. Yeah, I'm done. Like it's That's just very fair. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, you're like this I'm is this, this is the stuff. This is. I the stuff. again. This is a Christina ship through and through, which is why oh I'm so baffled God. why I love it. <laughs> Well, well, you shouldn't be baffled. My ships are fantastic. <laughs> That's fair. Sometimes you're sometimes you have taste, I suppose. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, on that note, then. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Ships Ahoy. I know this was a longer one, yeah. but thanks for sticking through it. Thank you. Um, we hope to catch you guys on our final episode yeah, of season first... one. Can mm-hmm. you believe it, Jill? It's I been know. crazy. Crazy. Um, which. As a little sneak peek, just to give you guys incentive to listen, mm-hmm. we are finally going to talk about our own respective one true ships. So, yeah. I mean, for me, it shouldn't really be, it should favorites. not be a surprise what my one true ship is. I feel like I've referenced it enough throughout. Yeah. Um, it's Raylo, spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> Which people love, people hate. We'll get into yeah, it next we'll episode. We'll get into it. Um, it's and Jill's will really keep spoke a, to you. We'll Jill's will keep yours a secret. Yeah. Yeah. Just to give a little incentive. But yeah. Yeah. All right. But yeah, thank yeah. you for sticking with us, guys. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Ships Ahoy was created and produced by Jill and Christina and edited by Christina. Our theme song was composed by my good friend Manu, and because we don't have any sponsors, <laughs> we don't really have anything else to shout out at the end here. We're always open to suggestions on new episodes, so if you have any ideas, give us a shout on Instagram.